on episode 87 of Pixel Gaiden. Battle of the 8-bit handheld pinball games. Cody's going cuckoo all over again. Eric talks handheld PCs. It's game show time. Tim does a Switch budget game rundown. Cody's new Xbox has been getting a workout. While Eric's been working out the Switch. And Tim's been playing crap on the C64. So buckle up and enjoy. Cody Hoffman. That is my name, Eric. Don't wear it out, in the words of Pee Wee Herman. Pee Wee Herman? Pee Wee Herman, yeah. Pee Wee Herman. Eric, uh-huh. how are you doing? Uh-huh. I, can't, I can't do my Pee When I was younger, I could do a Pee Wee Herman. Uh-huh. Yeah, he's that really it. weird thing where he talks really loud. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's my Pee Wee Herman. Exactly. Which is what all the listeners came to Pixel Guy then to listen to. Come on, Daddy. I'm doing my best. Isn't that, isn't that Dottie? Isn't that the name of the robot? Yeah. Or not Dottie? Do- no, I don't think Dottie was the girl, right? Or is that no the chair? The chair. That's right. The chair. I, I don't. I didn't really watch that. <laughs> you know what? I don't think they ever made a Pee Wee Herman video game to to bring this back around to make it retro related. I wonder if they did. I bet they did. I bet. Oh, we'll have to look that up. Yeah, yeah. First caller to call in to tell us what video game existed next month is six good Pee Wee Herman games. Uh, yeah, there it goes. It'll take a while. Even if there weren't one, <laughs> if I couldn't find one, but or a good one. So here we are. We're recording live, face live to in face. person. Two episodes in a row. It's Two been episodes a while. in a row. Yeah, so though. that is awesome. Um, I uh, I think our last show went pretty well. We talked about the the news. It was news to us. We did do some news. We did uh, six good games about frogs. That was fun. <laughs> so listen back to that. You know generally a good topic and you know people like frogs yeah but this one we're going <laughs> to be talking games. we're going to be talking to tim Lee. we have a game show and you're going to host it right i i almost have it ready i'm i'm, I'm putting the final touches on it <laughs> as we speak as we speak exactly awesome uh we're also going to go ahead and do a battle of the systems between a couple of pinball handheld 8-bit games yes which will be exciting unique enticing and of course we're going to catch up eric's take is this episode as well that's right which i it's still a mystery as to what it's going to be you know it's becoming a very regular thing that it's a mystery yeah I it's becoming to, not a mystery that it's always a mystery <laughs> I, and I, it's a good i was on such a good streak i don't i'd always have it done early but it's all good. lately life's been too busy but enjoyable when you when you get it done i know we're going to enjoy it uh really quick just make sure everyone knows we are part of the amigos retro video game network which includes shows such as amigos everything amiga ARG Presents, where they talk about all kinds of bizarre systems. They do. Uh, Sprite Castle, about the Commodore 64. R. Sinclair, which talks about the British ZX Spectrum computer. That's right. And The Coco Show, amongst a few others, um, which are which are st- still out and about sporadically. Yep. Uh, all great shows. Please check those out when you get a chance. Eric, I think you have something we haven't done in a while, which is to actually 
create a segment of the show for some errata and feedback. Yeah, errata and feedback, which errata was simple in that we forgot Brian Arsenault on the last, uh, not last episode, but the episode before that. Went a whole month. I left him off of the off of the list. So big apologies to Brian. And to make up to it, we're just going to say his name. I'm going to say it twice, and then you say it twice. Okay, right? yep. Brian Arsenault. Brian Arsenault. Brian Arsenault. <laughs> Brian Arsenault. That's hard to say three times fast. It is hard. It? <laughs> it's like a tongue twister. By the time, now we're just going to have to apologize because we just said a, a, a swear. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Sorry, Tim. We got close there. Sorry, Tim. <laughs> but, you know, it, 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 it humbles me, and I know it does you too, that somebody supports us and gives us money Absolutely. to keep the show going on. I mean, we enjoy doing the show ourselves but that somebody would appreciate us so much to give us money i mean my wife can't even listen to the show (laughs) i mean seriously so i i uh i i really really appreciate it and i felt really bad to leave them off so i'm gonna do my best from now on to make sure the list is accurate when i get it to you off of patreon um but another thing i wanted to bring up was uh we always say in our in our you know segment about how to contact us and stuff that we want people to leave us feedback on the Apple Podcast Network because like that is written the, reviews are, are really help us out, but even a rating. Correct, but um, I have to admit it's been a few months since I checked and I looked on here and we have twenty five ratings and we have five out of That's five. In, Cody, what on every like every single one? Uh, yeah, every single one is five out of five. I didn't even know we had that many ratings. So first of all, thank you to whoever did that. That is awesome. Yeah, thank you for doing that. And there were a couple of actually written reviews on here. So hold on, let me um, yeah, let me let me uh, you know let me just bask in this for a second. Okay, right? please. So we've got twenty five reviews. Yes, I don't, even if we had one or a thousand. The point is, they're all five out of five. That's correct. So I can officially say, ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to the highest rated podcast <laughs> out of all podcasts. Now, we probably share that with a few others. Yeah, probably. But I'm just saying, statistically, we are the highest rated <laughs> podcast. I, 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 we have to be. You can't argue with that, right? Five I out mean, of five. Numbers and, are numbers. Yeah. And a 25, five out of five, that's pretty good. So I want to thank you guys, because I know we don't deserve that honor, but you guys uh, got us there. So thank you so much. That's exactly. Awesome. Obviously, and, we're, we're joking a little bit, but it's still, that's very cool. So thank you. And there, so one of them here is from Silver Rat. I don't know if that's his real name. So, but oh, we're going to get some. Okay. Rat. But he says, the, all capitals, the Retro Gaming Podcast. Eric and Cody do a brilliant job of entertaining, informing, and reliving the good old days of, of gaming. And Tim. And Tim, yep. Their product reviews are informative and help keep even the most active retro gamer in the loop on the cool new action and scene. Their beer reviews are pretty good, too. <laughs> okay, so, was, you know, four out of five for the beer reviews, but, you know, we'll round it up to five yeah, out of five. He liked them, though, all so... Right, um, all right. So I'll do one what's more the, here. What's the most recent one? How about that? His was the most recent one. Oh, okay. okay. But here's one. His name's Killa Code. Killa. Oh, that's me. Is that you? <laughs> oh, I might have. I might have tried to pad the numbers a long time ago, Eric. Don't worry about that. Move along. Move along. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This one behind the curtains cheated a little bit there. This guy though is one of our Patreon supporters, okay. D. John Vincent. Right. Um, I mean, his the name in here is D. John Vincent, but we have a D. Vincent, right? David, yes. David Vincent. Yes, it is. So I'm going to read his. I have a moderate nostalgia for retro gaming. That's what he says. Okay. okay. So this is going a weird way here. So hold on. <laughs> we did not pre-read these. But, As you can tell, otherwise we wouldn't have mentioned that I was one of the reviewers. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but this goes way beyond that. I find it highly entertaining and listen to every episode. Hey. Thank so, you, David. And then... Uh, and then in fact, I threw one here too. So, no, <laughs> we're, we're, okay, peeling back the curtain. 
But anyway, we uh, appreciate the five legitimate re- written reviews. That- yeah, there, there's some, <laughs> but this one got me too because this one blows my mind. So on Twitter, on our on our Twitter feed, Thalamus Digital, which we support their games, yeah, they, 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 they yep, come out with make comics, great games, yep. Commodore games, and new games. Yep, they, they said, "Do you have a favorite retro podcast? Drop your recommendations in the thread below." So this one of our listeners, Joshua J A S H A, and he goes by Joshua underscore Twitter, Joshua. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. He just said simply pixel guidance and put a big thumbs up. Warm so, in my heart. So, Warm in my heart. And I thanked him on there, but that's awesome that we are somebody's favorite podcast. Cause that's what the question was. And I'm assuming he answered the question honestly there, but I mean, unless he thought that somehow we were capable of like kicking back money or something. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Which in this case, I'm sorry. I'm very sorry. You'll be very sadly disappointed. We have yeah. a, we have a bit of a beer habit. Yeah. And the, the money is gone. The money is gone. <laughs> But um, but to be someone's favorite, that blows my mind. I mean, I, that's I, awesome. That, that, that's very humbling, and we thank everyone who leaves feedback and tells us about. I mean, we do have people that leave critical feedback, feedback like on Twitter, and we take it to heart. We listen to every one yep. of them, so we appreciate it all. Thank you very very much. And yeah, please do leave um, if you can a yeah. written review. I mean, let's just let's just be honest. We appreciate we appreciate everybody who supports us in any way, yep. including our patrons who do it financially, but. If we had one ask above anything else, it would be to get a written review put up there on iTunes because it helps get our numbers up. Our goal here is not to make money necessarily. No. Uh, our goal is to have a good time and see how many people we can reach with the podcast. So yeah, I love, love participation. More more. Yeah, I love participation of listeners. I love everyone on the Discord uh, that that jumps in chats. I, I think it's all good. stuff. I need to do a better job of hopping on there myself. Yeah. So I'll I'll admit that I am slow to check my Discord. So that right is. On. That is my New Year's resolution for... <laughs> for July. Set, yes. For, that's my 4th of July resolution. Is that a thing? Yeah. Uh, Eric. Yeah. I think it's time for some quick questions. Quick questions. All right. Our first quick question of this day comes from... Uh, me. Somebody named Eric. Me. It's a me. It's an Eric. So this is from Eric. If you could only drink beer from one brewery from now on, which would it be? Moonraker. <clears throat> really? Yep. That's your Moonraker? Oh my gosh, they're good. So, so and they make a little of everything. They make a lot of everything. That, see, and that's key to me because I, I, I crafted the question in a way like it's a little deeper than it appears because it... Cause it what you would want, uh, just like we talk about, like one console, if you could take on a desert island console, like yep. it'd be the depth of the library as a factor you have to think about. What's the depth of the of the palette for a yeah. brewery? So, like, I mean, you're going with Anheuser Busch, exactly. Of course, <laughs> no, I would not go with Anheuser Busch. <laughs> no, it's like, well, you know, it's Moonraker, and it's it's funny and it's crazy to me that legitimately my favorite brewery, that to my knowledge, I mean, I haven't been to every brewery in the world. My favorite brewery that I've ever been to in all the world is 20 minutes down the road. Oh, wow. And it's amazing. And uh, when Tim comes over and y- you join us, we're going to that brewery. Awesome. Because um, I, I, I haven't been to the brewery. I've had the beer, but I haven't, I haven't uh, been to the brewery. So. Yeah, it's really good. And only a, a very few of those beers have really get circulated. Um, for whatever reason, Knee Deep is, really, is probably the most circulated beer from, from Auburn. Yeah. From here, from Grass Valley area. Um, and we're, we might try one of those later today, Eric. Oh, a uh, little sneak peek. But yeah, we're going to have to go to Moonraker, which is amazing. And they're always changing the beers. Yeah. Which is fun. I think that's probably why, honestly, that's why they don't get distributed as far. 
is you can't be a store and say, all right, we want to bring in this beer from you. Just keep it coming. They're like, well, we... Because that's like a we SKU make it number. Seasonally. It's SKU number, so like they want yeah. they want the same SKU number all the time. Yep. But there are like my local Rayleigh's supermarket, which is just a standard chain supermarket here in California. Um, they do they have what they call seasonal, like seasonal beer. So yep. like Sam Adams is seasonal, and it'll go through the winter one and go through the you know summer yeah. one, whatever. But so everything at Moonraker is, is seasonal. So like every spring, there's a few that'll pop up. Electric lettuce in spring is amazing. Yeah. You can't get it right now. They don't have it now. They don't have it. Yeah. So that's how it works. Moonraker. That's, that's interesting. That's a good choice. It was right on the tip of your tongue, too. Oh, I knew it. See, I, I'm going waffling between two. One is a local one, Jackrabbit in West Sac. That's right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And I do like their beers. I get them all the time. Uh, same thing, though. They change their beers all the time. Like, they'll try new ones. Some of them are not good. Some of okay. them, some of them are, are very, very good. Like, I think I brought on one of the... Uh, one of the stouts once the chocolate stouts i forget it was well, we've had a couple of jackrabbits yeah yeah and it was excellent they they uh they have that uh jack porter which is a nice british ale dark british ale uh, but they have a lot of great pilsners they have a lot of really good beers so i would probably pick that one and that's a local one west sac cool but i thought if if i had to pick a more mainstream one i really like firestone beers 805 double barrel double barrel ale it's still a microbrew but yeah it's 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 still because of 805 has become a large microbrew yep and i love 805 as everyone knows because i i have it on the show quite a bit it is good my segment it's a good beer it's refreshing it's It's great probably my favorite everyday being drinking beer unfortunately the price is kind of coming up it's coming up yeah it used to be cheap now they know they could sell it for more now i'm like gosh darn it but one of theirs that used to be available locally, and I have a hard time finding, is Double Barrel Ale. It's got uh-huh. a nice caramel flavor to it. It's, well, it's literally been barrel-aged yep. twice. It's been barrel-aged twice. It yep. takes a while to make. Yep. So that one's delicious. Um, so it would be Firestone or Jackrabbit, but I'd probably pick Jackrabbit because they're the variety. Do you remember the Firestone logo has two animals on it? They do. Yes, yes. Do you remember what they were and why they were? I don't remember. It's very pixel guided y what is it? Frogs? A, a bear and a lion. Oh, okay. Because it, the brewery was started by an American and a Brit. Wow, wow. Yeah. Interesting. There you go. Didn't know that. Pixel Guiding. Pixel Guiding. You're learning stuff Crossing from Pixel Crossing seas. Guiding. Breaking down <laughs> barriers. And by barriers, I mean the Atlantic. <laughs> um, Eric, I think it's time for us to hop into the next quick question, but not before you tell us a little something something about our show sponsor. RetroRewind.ca, which is uh, run by Frank. Frank's a good dude. Uh, good dude. Love talking to him. We chat all the time. He's on our Discord. He has his own channel on our Discord now called Frank's Something Oh, that's Room. awesome, yeah. So you should go on there. There's a lot of really cool videos of him. I don't want to say it's... I think they're in the 90s or, or the 2000s. I don't know, but he's on TV shows. Oh, yeah. He okay. was on... I forget the name of the TV show. It has that guy, Leo, somebody, Leo... I'm so bad about those is old it Canadian TV, old tech shows. I guess I, you know, I don't think so because I he. I'm gonna have to watch that. I haven't seen these, so I'm gonna you, have to you check need it to go check it out because he he talks gadgets like he's uh he's brought on as kind of a guest hacker that hacks like hardware, and That's cool. so uh, like he made this really cool iPod Shuffle uh, adapter because the old iPod Shuffle was this little tiny little thing and it had a dock. Yeah, the I dock was that. really hard to carry around and you'd lose it and stuff. He just made like he he took the dock and busted it apart and made it a, an adapter. So it literally just plugs into your computer with the thing and then it's it, that's it, cool. This is a weird advertisement, but that, it, it, that's cool. Yeah, well, <laughs> exactly. That's 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 why Frank loves us. We have weird advertisements, but. Um, 
RetroRewind.ca. Um, I love that he's he keeps adding stuff, including this thing called the C64 AV adapter, which is I, I have one of these. It wasn't from Frank. It was from someone else. And I like Frank's better. Mine doesn't have a 3D printed case. Mine is just a bare bones circuit board. But what this is, is it's a thing, a little doohickey, as I like to say. I do like doohickeys. Plugs into the back of your Commodore 64 from the video port. And it instead of having to use the proprietary DIN video connector, this converts that to <laughs> simple composite ports, S-video, and breaks out the sound. You know what, Eric? Hmm. So again, breaking the fourth wall. Yeah. We recorded last episode, and I mentioned how I'm putting together an order. I think yep. you just added to my order. Yeah, because this means yeah, you don't... You I'm do, buying one of these. You don't have to fish around for stupid Commodore 64 video cables anymore. You literally plug this in the back of your C64, and you leave it. I'm assuming it would work with a VIC-20, as, as long as... Does that the same AV adapter? I don't think so. Deck? I think this one has the more pins in the DIN. Okay, okay. The VIC-20 doesn't, because it doesn't have as sophisticated a video. I don't think so. Okay, well, not, don't, don't quote me on that. I'll take a look anyway. Okay, but C64... Cool. It, but it cool breaks tool. it out, so you can use standard composite or S-video cables beautiful thing it saves you a ton trying to buy or make video cables another thing is that frank is getting in or getting into he's been, been in into it. it now he's been to do it now but <clears throat> at first he was almost all commodore now he's going big time into the coco scene he has the coco sdc which we've talked about many times on the show which is the the disc emulator or cartridge emulator you plug in back you can load games from sd card uh, it's brilliant. You, you got to get that. But he has the Coco Diagnostic. That's cart. handy. And also going into my cart. It, yeah, that one is we'll going We'll talk about cart. it a little yeah. later in the show, but I have, a, I have a need for this Yeah. now. Yes. And as these machines get older, and this and the Cocos, you can still get Coco 2s for a reasonable price out there. Mm-hmm. Coco 3s are getting tough, but Coco, I mean, Coco 2s, yeah, the prices are rising on everything, but... You might be able to pick up one that isn't working and grab one of these diagnostic carts, test it, and replace the chips that don't work. And then get the Coco SD so you can put any software you want on your Radio Shack Tandy TRS-80 color computer 2, 3, or 1. Correct. So, Correct. there we go. And so he anyway, also does retro, uh, what do you call it, cap kits. Yep, he retro does, cap kits. You can kits. send in for, to get your, uh, your computers recapped. Awesome, awesome uh, website there at retrorewind.ca. And uh, as we like to make sure everyone knows on our show, if you use code PG10, yep, that is short for Pixel Gaiden, PG10 at checkout, you will save 10%, 10 at RetroRewind.ca. And you got to spend money to make to make, to, to make to, money to, to, to save money, save money. You got to spend money, save money. If you spend a hundred bucks, you get ten dollars off. If I'm don't doing worry my about math, what you're right? spending, just think about the savings. You get ten dollars off, and then if you spend a thousand dollars, boom, you get a hundred. Isn't that right? Am I doing the right math? Right? You're doing I mean, some good math. Okay. So anyway. Wilson has good math. It's Bajaco sixty five zero two yeah. who has our second and last quick question for today. It's a very unique one. It, it I'm is not sure unique. how to answer it yet, Eric, but <clears throat> I, but I like it, and I'm sure a lot of people this will instantly come to their mind. But what is your favorite arcade coin up sound? Yeah, and I didn't think about this much. Um, and mine's not a great answer, but it is one because we used to have one of these in the pizza parlor I worked at. And anytime someone would put a quarter in there, I'd always recognize the, the sound. He, so first of all, Pajaco put an example in there. It's for the Street Fighter, the movie arcade game. It's Street Fighter to the movie, the game. That's right. <laughs> and it, it's a big grunt, like a guy going, Ugh, or something like that when you put a quarter in there, which is, which is funny and great. But 
<clears throat> the one I have was a Mortal Kombat machine, and and huh, okay. and, and, they, and it, all it does is it, it does a little musical chime, but it was so different from the other ones are just like da ding da ding. You put a quarter in, and it's just like the typical quarter sound. But this one was a little chime, and I can't really say it. And I don't have the audio to to do it, but. I'm going to say the Mortal Kombat 1 right. is the most distinctive to me. That's the one I remember the most. It's funny because we have our main cabinets. Yeah. And so you actually hear the sound a lot because anybody who has a main cabinet, you never go in there and put one coin in. You hit like 20 times. Oh, yeah. You turn it on. As soon as the, lo- the logo comes up, you go, and hit it a bunch of times. That's right. But there's only, literally there's only two that I can hear in my head at this point. Yeah. And the main one I hear is Street Fighter 2. Yeah. Yep. It's got that reverb on it. That and that's one of my favorite ones, too. Yeah, yeah and so that's got to be my favorite, just because it brings nostalgia. Yeah. Um, and the only other one I can even think of, which is just a reused sound from the game, is Pac-Man. Yeah, because it's like Yeah, it's like the... Like, the, the <laughs> yeah, there you go. Those are the two I can think of. I'm going to go with Street Fighter 2 out of that. Perfect. Perfect. Um, yeah, let's go ahead and, uh, Eric, let's see what you have to say this month. Okay. Hello again. It is July, and this is Eric's take. For this month, I think I want to cover something that has been on my mind for the last three or four months. This is nothing really brand new, but it is exciting because it's kind of the beginning of a whole uh, segment of gaming and retro gaming, and that is handheld PC gaming. Uh, So there are a ton of new devices coming out. A few have already come out that are basically in the form factor of a Nintendo switch, meaning there's a screen and joysticks and buttons and trackpads and interesting things on the sides and you hold it and uh, you play games and some of them can be docked and some of them have uh, HDMI outports. So you can connect these to a big screen and just have nice PC gaming on the go. Uh, And, you know, there have been devices like the GPD win devices that are more of a palm top that have joysticks and stuff on the keyboard. And so you can play it like a device, but it's kind of a clamshell deal. And those have been out for a few years, but specifically I am talking about the, the basically the form factor of a Nintendo switch, but with PC inside And these devices uh, are typically either running Windows or SteamOS. There are a couple uh, other ones that run versions of Linux and and things like that. But for the most part, the ones that I've been looking at uh, are SteamOS and Windows. So what this uh, segment isn't going to be is a a tech comparison of all these machines, you can go on uh, YouTube and get a much better rundown and review of most of these devices. A lot of people have already received these uh, YouTubers and have tested them out. Uh, And I encourage you to go take a look at them. That's not what this is about. This is about just me talking about my excitement for this whole new platform that's coming out. Uh, Because the way it's going to fit into my life is interesting. So everyone has their own 
unique scenarios at home and, and how they game. I have a game room and I have tons and tons of retro gaming machines and I have modern consoles like Xboxes and Playstations and I have those all in my game room but I, what I don't have is a gaming PC and there are two reasons for that. Uh, I'm sorry, there, I don't have a gaming PC in my game room. I do have a gaming PC but let me tell you why it's not in my game room. Number one, gaming PCs are expensive, and I spent close to, I think, eight, $800 to $1,000 just buying the gaming PC I have now, and then I've done upgrades to it. So it's been, over, it's been about over $1,000. And we also needed a family PC because the old uh, Mac that we used to have in our, uh, in our uh, kind of living area downstairs... Um, it broke down, and so I decided to get kind of a beefed-up machine. It was also near the beginning of COVID, and my wife needed a pretty powerful machine so that uh, she wouldn't get frustrated doing a lot of remote work from home. So I bought this mach- this gaming PC, and it sits downstairs. And when I'm home alone or uh, everybody is off doing something else, I will game on it, and that's the way I play most of my um PC games, including indie games. I'm really big into the more lightweight indie games, and that'll become more important later on in this conversation. So that's the way I I PC game. I don't get to very often. I have to wait until the room downstairs is free. Um, I have to play. I have to typically play with headphones if people are around. It's just not convenient. So therefore, I don't play a lot of PC games. So you can see now why this whole genre is pretty exciting to me because it's going to be like a Nintendo Switch, uh, but with the whole Steam library and uh, PC games, as well as, which I'm pretty excited about, robust emulators, which a lot of the nicer, higher-end emulators like for um, PlayStation 1 and 2, GameCube, Nintendo 64, you know, those emulators that need a little more horsepower, are going to run really nicely on these devices. Uh, so I am excited for that. And to that end, I have put a $5 reservation down for a Steam Deck. Steam Decks are uh, kind of the big deal right now. They're by Valve, of course. Valve is... Uh, I don't think they're making them. Well, I don't really know. I don't know if they're making them or they've just farmed it out to someone else. But it is interesting that they have kind of done a custom chip on there. It is an AMD APU called the Zen 2. Um, has a GPU uh, called the RDNA. And it has uh, 16 gigs of onboard RAM. Um, and depending on which model you get, there is 64, 256, or 512 gig internal storage. Uh, when you order one of these, it comes with a carrying case. Uh, not, not, the, not the cheapest one, but the other ones. I'm, I decided I'm going to get kind of the mid-tier one, and I don't have the numbers in front of me. I think it's like 529. Yeah, it's 529. The low-end one with 64 gigs on board is 399, and they do all come with a carrying case. Okay. Um, and then the mid Steam Deck is 529. That comes with 256 gigs of NVMe SSD storage. And then the high end one is 649. And these uh, I've put in my reservation, and that just lets me uh, be in line pretty much. So, what, 
one of the reasons I made the decision to go ahead, because I typically don't pre-order anything, but um, one thing that helped me make this decision was that it's only $5. So if I decide to go with any of these other ones that I've been looking at, I'm only out five bucks and that's not the end of the world. Um, but I did want to reserve my place in line. Now the steam deck runs, of course, steam OS. You can install windows on these. They do have docks for sale, so you can dock them to your TV and all of that. Um, but what, what I find very interesting about steams or valves approach to the steam deck is that because they're, they they make Steam OS. They are gearing a lot of games like higher end triple A titles. They are making them um first of all on this on the store, on the Steam store, they rate them how well they run on the Steam Deck. That's very handy. In case you're on the fence about buying a triple A title, something like a Witcher or some something higher end, it will tell you pretty much, hey, how it ranks on on running on a Steam Deck. With other devices, you're not going to get that. So it's kind of a hit or miss thing. You're going to have to just buy the game and see if it works well or try to do a little research online. It's not going to be as easy as just reading the profile on Steam because all of the Steam games, if they run on Steam Deck, they are going to be rated for that. So it's it's really handy. It's kind of this um, kind of a synergy between Steam OS and the Steam Deck, of course, since they're from the same company. It's going to make it nice. But one thing that Valve did that was really cool is that SteamOS can run on these other devices, too. A couple of them I've been looking at, and I'm not going to go into them too deeply. But one that really interests me because it's cheap is the Anbernic Win 600. And as you guys know from previous podcast episodes, I bought an Anbernic RG351M and love it for playing retro games. It is awesome. And what these, what this is, it's kind of the same form factor. They look very similar to the to the other Amber Nick models, except it's bigger, of course. Uh, but the screen's the same. The D pad, the the joysticks are kind of in similar places. Um, and these are scaled back. They're running AMD Athlon chips, which, if you know anything about the Athlon chip, it is kind of a power uh, consumption reduced uh, processor. Uh, it it is the GPU is a Radeon RX Vega three, which isn't isn't bad at all. These this one that I'm looking at right here comes with 128 gigs inside on a on an SSD uh, drive has eight gigs of RAM on this model. Now I think there's going to be different models, so you'll be able to get different things. So this one is definitely not as powerful as a Steam Deck, nor is it claiming to be. All the specs are right up front here, but it's only going to be $314. So uh, that's a pretty sweet deal. Um, and it will run SteamOS, but it will run indie titles just fine. It'll run some AAA titles that are scaled down in their settings. But really, if I did decide to do something this way, I think I'd be perfectly happy with it because honestly, I play way more lightweight indie games in my Steam library than any other type of game. In fact, I think if I go and look at my Steam library, I may only have about two or three what I would consider AAA titles or top end graphically. I'm just not into that really with PC gaming. Not to say I couldn't get into it if uh, I got the right system like Steam Deck or whatever, but I think I could live with that, especially since it's going to be a good you know, 
$200 cheaper. Uh, so that's something to look at. And that's, again, the Anbernic Win 600. You guys should take a look at that. It's a really neat device. And the cool thing is that it is shipping. I'm reading, the, I'm looking at the website right now. It says the first first batch of Win, six, Win 600 has been sold out. The second batch is in pre-sale. Uh, and, and your order will be shipped at the end of August. So, I mean, you can get these very, very soon. Uh, whereas my Steam Deck, it says it's probably going to be October. I'm not going to hold my breath. Uh, Valve has missed some of their ship dates. It's not their fault uh, with, with the shortages and all that. So this, I and I believe this will ship because they, I don't think the Athlon chips are in that great of demand. So I think it's going to be, uh, I think they're going to nail this, Amber Nick is. And then another one I was looking at was the Aya Neo. That's A-Y-A-N-E-O Air. Um, it's right around the same price as the mid-tier, um, mid-tier, uh, Steam Deck that I'm looking at, a- anywhere down from 499 upwards to 700, uh, but they come with an AMD Ryzen 5 chip, so uh, the, you know the specs are a lot beefier on this. Um, I don't know much about how these are going for sale. I mean, I see an Indiegogo Indiegogo page for it right now. These are straight from China. Um, I like the design of it. It's a very kind of modern, smooth, angled design. Like it, it, it looks pretty slick. Um, it, I, I, I don't have anything against this. It just looks like it's going to be pretty pricey as well. I mean, I'm looking at the early bird things and it's still a little over steam deck. These of course don't have custom chips. So who knows how they're going to be optimized for steam OS and for steam games. I really don't know, but, um, but that's another one that that's a company to keep an eye out for a Neo. Um, and there was a couple other, um, companies, but the names of them aren't coming to my mind right now. But if you just look up, um, if you go looking for YouTube videos on these and <clears throat> there will be videos geared specifically towards comparing these, and there will be ones that are just reviewing them on their own. You will quickly learn that there are five, six, seven companies just in this space right now, just trying to get handheld PC gaming off the ground. And because of the shortages, it's been a challenge, but you are seeing these in reviews. So they're real and they are coming out. And I think it's just going to be an exciting, a whole exciting genre of gaming that I'm looking forward to. Um, but anyway, that's my uh, segment. I hope you this piques your interest and you go looking at these. Um, if, I'm sure you'll hear what, what decision I finally make come October. Uh, because I, it, you know, right now it's looking like the Steam Deck is winning for me. Uh, just because of the optimization on games and all of that. But if I find myself short of money a little bit, probably go with that Ambernick win, win 600. Anyhow, thanks for listening, and I will talk to you next month. Thanks a lot. You can get show information on our podcast at pixelguiden.com. You can also listen to our show on the Amigos Retro Gaming Network at anchor.fm forward slash Amigos Podcast. You can reach us on Twitter using at pixel underscore guiden you can reach eric at the project that's at d-u-h-p-r-o-j-e-c-t and you can reach cody at oddball which is at o-d-d-b-a-1149 you can also reach me that's tim at sanction and that's at s-a-n-x-i-o-n Please review us on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or any of the other podcatchers that you use. It really helps us out. 
you can email us on podcast at pixelguiden.com and we love any feedback and also please let us know if we've done anything wrong and we'll mention it on the next show we also have a patreon account set up so if you wish to support the show financially you can do so at patreon.com forward slash pixel you can support us with as little as a dollar all the way up to infinite dollars if you do so you'll get access to the amigos retro network discord server where all kinds of cool chat is happening about not only our show but the other shows such as bright castle and of course the amigos um, amongst other shows and there's various other topics in there um, everything from for sale to music to uh high score contests things like that if you support us at the three dollar or more tier we like to announce every supporter at that level here on the show in a way that we can only do here on pixel guide and using our random adjective generator and this month we're giving it some flower power Panicky Henrik Lopal, vivacious Roy Fielding, beautiful Matthew Ackerman, and the modern Josh Malone, determined Brian Arsenault, the dangerous Daniel James, the adorable Ten Mark, and the fancy Eric Sandgren, the stern Ram OK, Ram OK, right back to Game and Nation, the motionless Marches, Snowski. Nervous paradroid Pixel Guiding Talking battle video games Talking into microphones Talking to each other Pixel Guiding Defiant Mitsuyama And the anxious Dave Vincent With all of this retro talk How could you even miss it? Tender and stiller Blue-eyed Mr. Toast With all this retro gaming talk We got it coming out of nose From the lively Jason Holland To the famous Mark Scott From the Atari to the PS2 It's the retro talk we've got Rangers Sammy West Talking about old video games Is what we do best Big forgotten Talking about old video games Talking into microphones Talking to each other That was a wonderful take. Thank and, you. And know who else has a good take? Who's that? Mr. Timothy Drew. Hey! Hello! How are you guys? We are live and in person. I didn't even check. You can see both of us in the camera? Yes, you can. We're a little dark. I can. This is extremely bizarre to see the two of you together. Yeah. It's, it's extremely heartwarming. Yep. I just coughed COVID all over Eric, and, uh, yeah. you know, it's just what it is. It is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> And look at that! We're all we're all branded today. There's we are. Me with my retro rewind. Eric with his retro rewind. That's right. Cody's gone full full circle and gone pixel guidance. I'm, I'm the glue that's keeping the advertisement together here. Exactly. 
Perfect. Yeah. Well, Eric and I, uh, yeah, we we played a little some Neo Geo. We did while we are in between shows here, but um, we're ready to rock and roll. So, uh, anything new going on over there in uh, in England, Tim? I heard uh, it's a little chilly out. Yeah, it's freezing cold. Not. It's baking hot at the moment. I've I've actually got the window open, so if you can anyone and listening can hear some birds cheeping or dogs barking. That's the reason why. Perfect. I need the window open. It adds to the delicious patina of the show. Yeah, I can hear. I'm pretty sure I hear a dog in the background barking with a Cockney accent. <laughs> Get a Cockney dog. <laughs> that that will be a long way from London. Then. It's a loud. It's a big dog. Dog. Um, well, all right, then. Let's go ahead. I have prepared a game show for y'all. Oh, cool. And I was finishing it literally last minute while uh, in between shows here. I had a few more to, to, to rock. So it's uh, Eric versus uh, Tim. Do I need paper to write this? To write answers down? Um, no. Okay. We, it's okay. going to be, it's gonna be a say your name, whoever gets it first kind of a thing again. Okay, okay. Because this is how I roll now. What's the name of the say show? Name. The name of the show is, once again, name the game that Cody is thinking of. Uh, and for those who don't know, I got called out when I tried to do a factual show, a factual game show. Yeah. For my facts not being, you know, facts. Uh, so once again, this is a game that I can say, no matter what I say, it's the game I'm thinking of. You can't fact check this, all right? So we can give any answer as well, then. <laughs> yeah, so if you remember how this game goes, yeah, I'm going to start naming... not na- I don't even know what to say. I'm going to start saying things that typically have to do with the game, at least in my mind. <laughs> Again, I'm giving myself a lot of outs here. And uh, if you think you know what game it is, you say your name. I stop. You say the name of the game. If you get it correct, you get a point. If you don't get it correct, the next person gets the next clue without you being able to answer. If they don't get it or don't make a guess, then you're back in. Does that make sense? That makes sense to me. Very simple. Just real quick, I'm curious to, to test the lag, because Eric's going to have the advantage. Although, it didn't matter last time, because Tim destroyed you. Yeah, he destroyed me. Which I'm sure will be repeated again. <laughs> Alright. No, you're in the zone this time, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, ladies and gentlemen. Name that game. Okay. Game number one. <clears throat> you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to hmm, scattershot this thing. Alright. Umbrella. Dogs. Who Eric uh, got in there first, so Eric gets first shot, then Tim gets the shot. Rainbow Islands. Wrong. Er uh, Tim. Parasol Stars. Wrong. Wow. Boo. Not the game I'm thinking of. Nope. All right. Keep going. So I said dogs. That was the second clue. You guys can both guess at this point. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So Umbrella, Dogs, Typewriter, Herbs. Raccoon City. Eric. There he goes. Wait, that should have been quicker. Darn it. Resident Evil. Yes, that is the game I'm thinking of. The Umbrella I was thinking of was Umbrella Chronicle, or Umbrella... The company, right? The company, Umbrella Umbrella Corp or whatever. Corp or something like that, yeah. Alright, Tim's got one point to catch up on here. He can do it, he can do it. Okay. And he can do it very quickly with this one. 
Rise from your grave. I thought that would get uh, it. Tim. Tim. Um, guns and ghosts. No, Eric gets a free one. Okay, hold on. I get. Do I get a free? You get a free clue. Okay, so let me let me take it now. Wolf. Eric. Okay. Castlevania. No. What? Tim gets a free one. Beat him up. All right, Eric, you're back in. Okay. Packing game. Uh, Tim. Yes. Altered Beast. That is correct, sir. It's Altered Beast. Altered Beast. Oh. When you start that game, it says, yeah. Rise from your grave. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that might give it away, but you know, all right. It's, it's what it is. Well done. Well done. Okay. <clears throat> all right. Tied up. Tied one, up. One. All right. This next game, kind of on point from last episode, a little bit. Frog. Tank. Sophia the Third. <laughs> if you don't know it from that, you might not get this one, neither of you. Frog, Tank, Sophia the Third. Sunsoft. NES. Platformer and Top Down. And then the only other clues I have is Plutonium Boss. I don't know that one. Frog? Yeah. NES game. From Sunsoft. Starts with a frog. Quickly becomes about a tank. Tim. Tim. I'll take the answer that Aaron is currently screaming at <laughs> what he's listening to at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to go ahead and say no points for that. The correct answer is Master Blaster. Master Blaster, a I game in known which that. a boy follows his pet frog into another dimension, where he must hop into Sophia the Third, which is the name of his tank, and blast away mutants. I've never I, even heard of that game. I've played Master really? Blaster, but I just—it's been so long ago. I forgot all. I the thought elements. Eric would get that one. It is that's you know NES centric. That's probably more of an American thing than a. British thing, but hey, it is what it is. Next game, still tied one to one. George Spinner, Thomas Stewart, Nazca, Japan, Germany, USA. Eric. Eric. Neo Turf Masters. You are correct, sir. Neo Turf Masters, in which you can play as George Spinner or Thomas Stewart. An SNK game, which the last hint was on the green! <laughs> on the green! <laughs> Alright, two to one, two to one, two to one. Alright. <clears throat> Amy. Chemical Plant. Wing Fortress. Woodland Creatures. Rings. Uh, Tim. Tim. Why do I go uh, when I say my name? <laughs> <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog. That's what you're trying to remember. You're like, it's my. Oh shoot, what's my name? <laughs> yeah. Yes, it is Sonic the Hedgehog. I was just about to say that. The rings probably gave it away, but Tim. Well, as soon as Tim said it, I was like, I know this one. No, <laughs> Chemical Plant. Yep. So it is tied up. 
Two two. Two to two. Ooh, it's a tough competition. Um next question. Gunrock. Galuda. Eric. Eric, what is the answer? Power Stone. Power Stone? Oh my goodness, how would you even know that game? That's crazy. We just played it. Awesome, awesome, you are correct. You you must have played a little more than Tim did when, when trying the game. No, <laughs> literally, the, the thought process was just coming in and Eric got in, so nice. he, he beat that one. I would not have got that I'm not by those two names. It was Gunrock that got it, but it took me a Gunrock, minute to generate yeah. the name of the title for some reason. You're all gem power fighter. Exactly. Gosh, that's not it. Um... <laughs> All right, three to two, three to two. It's a nail biter. MSX. Solar flares. Lord British. Uh, Tim. Tim. Why, uh, Tim? Uh, Ultima. <laughs> no. Okay. But that's a good guess because of the Lord British. But no. Do I get a free guess? You do get a free guess. Volcano. Metal Gear? No, now Tim gets a free guess. Moyheads. Last clue, option. Solar Flares, MSX, Lord British, Volcano, Moyheads, otherwise known as Easter Island Heads. Yeah. Option. I'm going to say two again. Easter Island heads, Moy heads, and mm-hmm. option. MSX, Japanese. I have it on the tip of my tongue. I mean, I, I, I know I can picture it, but I just don't remember the title. Mm, I don't remember me. the title. I'll give you another hint because someone needs to get this. Okay. I said MSX, but mm-hmm. it's on a lot of things. Okay. It's right on the tip. Of, it's right on the tip of my tongue. All right, one more. One more. I'll just say it. Right. Konami. Yeah, Tim. Tim, yes. Nemesis. Ooh. Gradius. <laughs> yes, it's Gradius. Um, Gradius. Okay. I don't know. I'll let Eric. He said Nemesis. I didn't know, I didn't know that was Lord a Lord British game. Maybe I'm just that. It bad. is not a Lord British game. Then chip number one is the Vic Viper. Chip number two is Lord British. Hmm. That yeah, is the you name can give it to Tim. Ship number two. Give it to Tim. He put in the hard work. So is that three? Are we tied at threes? I think we're tied at threes. Also, if for any reason I'm completely wrong about Lord British being a ship, doesn't matter. It's the game I'm thinking of. That's right. <laughs> I'm gonna fa- I'll fact check myself, but it, yeah, it's a, the red ship, Lord British. I don't know why they called it that. It's just in honor of. I don't yeah, know. Sure. That's what right. completely threw me because I was thinking Nemesis Gradius pretty much as soon as you said MSX, but it's like Lord British. See, it's funny to me that? because the first time I've ever, you know, the only time I've ever heard Lord British before meeting you really, Tim, was that was the chip in the Gradius game. <laughs> it's Lord British. Um, okay. Tied up with three to go, three questions to go. So there cannot be a loser or a tie in this game. There, I mean, there, yeah, there can't there, be. A, there, can't, there has to can't be a loser. Be a yes. Thank you. Um, also, you lose a point if you say um before you say your name. Okay. Sonic Team. Time Limit. Loop de loops. Tim. <laughs> Tim, what is this game? 
Sega CD, uh, Sonic CD even. No, it is not. Eric, you get a free one. Sonic Pinball. Oh, you're not even, okay. Um, it is not Sonic Pinball. Okay. So we have Sonic Team, Time Limit, Loop-de-Loops. This next one's not going to help you much. It's pretty bizarre, but... Uh, Carl Jung and Sigmund Freud. That's not going to help you much. Uh, this should help. Jester. Christmas. Tim. Tim. Is it Nights into Dreams? It is Nights into Dreams. Oh, well wow. done, sir. Taking the lead four to three. Uh, yes, Nights into Dreams was created by Sonic Team. That is mm-hmm. the development team. There's time limits. They do loop de loops. It was apparently inspired by some, uh, you know, the what do you call it? Psychological, psychological theori- theorists. Yeah. Young and Freud. They made a Christmas game. I think they look like jesters. I don't know what they're supposed to be. Anyway, we go. Two more. Okay. Virgin Interactive. Already leaning towards Tim here on this one. <laughs> yeah. War. Eric. Eric. Cannon fodder. Cannon fodder. Correct, sir. <laughs> I'm not even British. <laughs> well played. Well played, Eric. I was... Tim! <laughs> I was going to get to Jules. Jules. So we're, we're tied up? We're all tied up. It comes down to this one. This is it. We're going to go extra slow because we need to, this needs to be a legit win for one of you guys here. This is for the big cheese. Argonaut Software. Tim. Go ahead, Tim. You got it. For free, free, free reign there. Go ahead. Star Glider. No. I don't have a guess. Okay. Eric, you get a free one. Okay. Rumble Pack. Doesn't mean you... If you if you answer, then he gets a free one. So yeah. you don't have to answer. I don't have it. All right. Slippy. Tim. Tim. Sky Fox. Sky Star Fox. Star Fox, yes. Tim's the winner again! I guess I would have also accepted Lilac Wars, right? Is that- I was going to say, what do I say here? Lilac Wars, Star Fox. <laughs> yes, Tim, what you are the winner. <laughs> well done, sir. That was a good one. You guys, that is yeah, a good one. That was a pretty good battle. That was close. Down to the wire. Yeah, what was the only one? There's one you guys didn't get. Um, the frog one. Blaster Master, yes. Yep. Which I've played. I played quite a bit. I should have gotten that one. Blaster Master. I think I called it Master Blaster earlier, so don't... I corrected it, so don't correct me, anybody. Ma- Blaster Master. That's right. Not Master Blaster. But I rebought it. They, they, way off. They had a re- remake of it on Switch, and I bought it, and I played it, and but it was years ago, so... And then they came out with Blaster Master Zero, Blaster yep. Master Zero 2, and Blaster Master Zero 3. Yeah. Recently, which I've played none of, but hey. Mm-hmm. Right on. Eric and Tim, but... Eric, you and I, <laughs> we get to drink some beer. Yes, we do. So let's do the drinking of the beer. No more frost left in no, the mugs? No, there's no... I pulled out frosty cold mugs, and they are completely warm at this point. So this is a little wet, so be careful. However, the beers feel cold. They're very cold. Jack Rabbit Brewing Company, Eric, huh? You, you supplied this one. Yep. It's from Jackrabbit, and, and so I bought this not knowing at all what kind of beer it was, because it doesn't say it on the can. Doesn't say anywhere. It's simply called Batch Four Zero Nine by Jackrabbit Brewing Company in West Sacramento, which is one of my favorite breweries locally. But around, if you and it's got a cool can. It's got like a old uh, 
retro car, I guess you'd call it. Vintage car, right? Yeah, it's kind of hard to tell what it is from the side there. Yeah. But I'm guessing it's got a 409 engine in it, whatever it is. All it says is brewed with Eureka, Montuka, and Belma hops. Those right? are my three favorite hops, Eric. Yep. So anyway, I did look this up because I was like, I, I have no idea what kind of beer this is. Look it up. It's an IPA. I think you're going to like it. I have a feeling. Okay. I don't know, Tim. What do you think about that? You know, looks like beer. It does. Looks hazy. I'm glad we left the paper towel. Ooh, was it? Did it it's an IPA, not a hazy IPA. It, it's got a little it, haze to it. Yeah. All it said. Let me clean this up here. Eric's spilling all over the place. All it said on the website was IPA, so I don't know what kind of IPA it is. But uh, yeah, but it's, it's kind of hazy there. All right. So, cheers. What are you having? Tim, you have your coffee. Do you have a rich coffee? A rich. I'm black? going with the usual coffee, yes. And Cheers. some cold. Cheers. Cheers, guys. I'm, I'm putting it up to hit to the this screen and not the camera, so it probably didn't. There you go. Mine's still got a big, frothy head on it, so it's hard to get to the beer, but I'm doing my best. Hmm. What do you think? Interesting. It's actually got a, a big floral kick to it. It does. So that's the first thing that caught me with the smell was it's got that kind of fat tire smell to it. Like the, one of those, the brews, it's called fat tire. Yeah. This has a strange aftertaste, too. Mm-hmm. Can't quite put my finger on it. And, but it's got, like, no body. Interesting. Ain't got no body. Ain't got no body. That's a kid and play song. Ain't going yeah, it's got kind of a weird bite flavor to it. Like uh, <laughs> these are all positives. If you can't tell by Eric's face, Tim. Oh yeah, this it's is Eric on the side of woof at the moment. Yeah. That's Aaron. <laughs> so out of four hundred and nine, whatever, four hundred and nine uh, <laughs> batches. <laughs> what are you going to give this one, Eric? Oh, out of four hundred nine. So far, I'm going to give this a solid one hundred and eighty. Ooh, solid. I don't like it. I it's do weird. Not like it, it. I, I, I don't taste like I don't, I'm not getting bad notes. Like I'm not. It's, it's, I don't struggle with it. I'm struggling, but I'm getting like a bunch of things that just don't fit together. It's like floral, like flowery floral on the top on the nose. When you drink it, I taste nothing, and then I just kind of get like I bit into a banana peel afterwards. <laughs> I guess. I guess Delicious. that one's kind of negative. Delicious. Yeah, Delicious I, I don't know. I'm going to give it 204 and a half, exactly 50%. Okay. There we go. That's our rating. That's, That's our not a winner. Rating. Not a winner. Not a winner. But you know it is a winner. You guys for listening to Pixel Gaiden. <laughs> um, let's hop right on in, guys, to Catching Up. Catching Up with Eric. And Cody and Tim. Is Tim number one? Tim's number one. No. Nope. Tim's number one. No, I was just saying and Tim because it says Eric, Cody, oh, and Tim. And Tim. That's right. It only took you like thirty-four episodes to catch that. But exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, Cody's got the first catching up. I do have the first catching up. I'm trying to share my screen with Tim so we're all on the same page here. So let me do that first. Full screen, as it were. Full screen. So. I just want to catch up on 
some of the Xbox games I've been playing. Oh, yeah. Which are all retro-inspired. Yeah. Yeah, because I got, um, last month I randomly fell into a very inexpensive brand new Xbox S. Yeah. And I'm loving it. And I haven't played, well, actually, I take it back. I've played one modern game for it. I don't know, I guess a couple. Um, but I'm going to start with, um, I want to start with Infernex. Okay. Um, actually, I should probably pull this up real quick. So this is a retro-inspired game that just came out. And I was thinking about purchasing it, but thank you, Xbox Gold. It's completely free as long as you have Xbox Gold. The Game Pass, yeah. Like a lot of things are on. It's amazing. Almost all <laughs> the games I want to play now are just on there. On Game Pass, yeah. Including, by the way, Nuclear Throne, which you just taught me about. Nuclear last Throne, month. which is awesome. It's so free. You should play it's on that. there right now. Yeah, I just downloaded it. You got to play that. Um, so Infernax, it only came out. I think it came out this year. Um. I'm going to click on this video to see if you guys can follow along. It is definitely a, you know, a pixely, 8-bit inspired game. Um, plays very much like, you know, kind of like an original Castlevania game, but like Castlevania 2, where it's more of an adventure um, game. You kind of have to go back and forth. I guess you can kind of say Metroidvania-y, except you're not necessarily adding... You can add abilities, but you're kind of finding ways to unlock beat bosses to unlock all of these five keys on this door to get to the last boss. Okay. Um, pretty cool cutscenes that are almost Ninja Gaiden-like. It it just feels very much like traditional NES kind of Castlevania. The mood, the music, um, but it has some kind of upgradable, almost RPG elements to it. I just instantly clicked the game, felt comfortable right away, fell in love with the game. And it took me about eight hours, completed it. Now you can play it on... They do this thing a lot now where when you die, you can either play go to standard mode, like modern mode, yeah, in which you, you know you're going to get um, kind of crap for it later, or else you can play classic mode, which means in this game, you go back to your last save point. So if you've played a half hour and you didn't save at a save point, which you actually have to go to these little shrines, then you lose all your progress and you go back to where you saved. Which just like an original NES game would. Okay. So I'm like, well, I'm not... I, I can't make it easier on myself. I, don't, I need to get the little trophy or whatever is at the end of the game. So I beat it on classic mode, but it is hard every time knowing how much progress you're losing by selecting classic mode. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, your little um, knight character um, who has a shield and a, like a mace in this one rather than a whip or a sword and you bash in zombies. There's kind of this day-night cycle thing where when it's daytime, the, the just like Castlevania 2, when it's daytime, the enemies are easier. When it's nighttime, they get more aggressive and harder to kill. Um, you have health. You have mana. The mana helps you do uh, simple spells. Um, you know, one of the spells, for example, I used a lot was one that refilled your health. <laughs> um and, you know, you're fighting skeletons and weird creatures. The boss battles are epic. These giant bosses. I'm trying to see if I can find one here in this replay for you. you there's towns laying all around. When you go to towns, um, you can upgrade things like adding a bar of health. You can go to the weapon shop and increase your weapon power. Um, your weapon and your shield can be upgraded, but it never actually changes what your weapon is. It just makes it stronger. Okay. Um it's just a simple 8-bit, modern version of an 8-bit game. It really, uh, here's a boss. It's not really a, a epic one. Um, it gets very grotesque with some of the bosses, and when you kill the big bosses, like, their guts spill out all over the place, and it gets kind of gory. 
Um, but I just had a, I loved it. I clicked with it. I had a blast with it, and um, would recommend it for anybody who enjoyed the original eight bit Castlevania games. Awesome! It looks great. Yeah. Um, I won't pull up video of this because you guys know it, but Hades. I recently just that was my next game after Infernax. Yes. I'm like I'm gonna start Hades now. Yep. Um, I'm trying to remember the name of the Who Makes Hades. I um, don't remember the name, but I got it on Switch like a long time ago. Super Giant. Yeah. So here's what's interesting. Uh, so Hades, we've talked about it. I'm not going to go into a lot of detail, but it's like a, a isometric, which typically I don't care for isometric, but a really st- cool stylized, love the vibe. Um, they made, that's right, they made Pyre, which is the, a game I've played in the past. The one I played most recently was Transistor. Yeah, you told me about that. I, oh, yeah. I, I've so I've come so close to buying that in the store, the physical copy of it, uh, but I never pulled the trigger. So it's interesting. Transistor, I'd never heard about before. I never heard it get much love. It's almost exactly the same game as Hades. Hmm. Like the gameplay, everything about it. Like the you you fight a bunch of things, you die, you come back to the starting point. You talk to people, kind of level up, use whatever points you get, and go back and try it again, kind of a thing. Even down to the point where, just like in Hades, you your character is kind of this nonchalant, kind of uh, dry humor, sarcastic, kind of talks kind of low and quiet into himself. Like every, it's like the exact same game. The mm-hmm. difference is it's sci-fi, like cyberpunk, rather than you know ancient Greek mythology. So I don't know why Transistor didn't get nearly the love of Hades gets because it's getting like game of the year, nine out of ten, ten out of ten. Yeah. Transistor is just as good in my opinion. Which is, I'm excited about Hades. I just, I don't see why. Yeah, well, why did one do better than the other one? Yeah, yeah. So, anyways, great game. Hades is great. I've only just scratched the surface. Put about a couple hours in. Um, I've, I've started. Well, I've started a game and stopped playing a game called Subnautica. Yeah. And um, I'll be quick about this one as well. Subnautica is a more modern game. It's a crafting type of game. And it is not retro-inspired or anything, which is partly why I'm going to go quick. Um, but it's underwater, and I am a sucker for underwater. If you guys listened to Cody's Corner last episode, you, I mentioned how underwater just sells me on stuff. But it's a game where you're crafting underwater. You're, like, landed on this alien planet, and you're always underwater. And you're trying to build things from, you know, resources and create um, places where you can go in to, like, kind of craft things and get air uh, you have to eat food, you have to kind of survive uh, you're exploring all these weird new areas underwater and learn about the, the current life on this planet and how to utilize it make these little underwater bases super cool concept but I had to stop when I got to the point, I was probably 8 hours into the game and I made this cool underwater base and the base just starts falling apart leaking and stuff, and I can't figure out how to fix it. I had to go online look it up. It's like, oh, you need to find all this other material that I hadn't found at all yet to repair your bit, to like strengthen it and repair it. Otherwise, it'll keep falling apart. I'm like, I'm done. I don't want to spend hours just trying to make what I already built not break and fall apart. Right. Like, that drives me nuts. Yeah. So, unfortunately, a really cool game I was loving that just stopped. And then the very last one I want to mention was I finally started uh, Forza Horizon 5. Okay. And I talked with Tim a little bit about this one. I was surprised, and at first, it took me a while to, to get into the game because at first I was kind of turned off by it. When I think of Forza, I always thought this is like the Xbox equivalent to Gran Turismo. Like, simulation, hyper-realistic, 
physics cars each feel like they're actual cars in real life I still have not played a Horizon, or I'm sorry, a Forza, a regular Forza, but the Horizon, it, I know it's supposed to be more arcadey and freeform. It is, yeah. But it is, like, I mean, it's ridiculous. It actually encourages you to, like, go off the path, run through trees. Absolutely. Like, the worse you drive, the more points you get. Yeah. And I'm like, this is so counterintuitive to what I thought it was. Yeah, I mean, the regular Forzas are what you want if you want something like Gran Turismo, but the Horizon series is, yeah. is just... It's more of like a little, almost like a car RPG. Like you're just going around and you're, you know, you're just kind of screwing around, really. You're finding Like Burnout finds. Paradise. Yeah. Which I enjoyed. Oh, I love Burnout Paradise. One Tim, of my have favorites. You play, have you played the normal Forza's, Tim? Uh, I haven't. I've only ever played the Horizons. Um, and, well, I, when I say uns, I'm one, yeah. which I got with, with my Xbox. Um and yeah, I, I I've enjoyed that, but like you say, it's it's a it's kind of like a free roaming, just go around driving, running over trees, driving through c- cornfields, and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all and that it, sort of stuff. Yeah, and in I, my I, mind, I like, there's, there's there's missions and all that sort of thing, and I think we we talked about it before. Um, Eric's played it as well. You got like the yeah. the missions where you can go and find um, hidden cars, barn yeah. finds. The barn finds are fun to do because then they take them back and fix them up, and then they're in your inventory. Um, there's races. I mean, it is a fun game. It's just you can't. It's not a simulation. Yeah, it's yeah, very, very different. Very much burnout paradise, isn't it? That sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess now that my mind's completely had to flip on it. I mean, the one I'm playing is five. It's the first one I've played, and the pomp and circumstance between for like they try to make a storyline for why you're on in this game. It's Mexico, and why you're in Mexico, and why you're driving all over the place doing ridiculous, and it's over the top, bizarre, and like the yeah. cutscenes are cringy. Like I just drove over, like crashed five cars, tore up a ton of trees, destroyed somebody's house, and they're like, "Wow, that was amazing driving by our hero. Let's come up and party." And then there's like a dance party and like a DJ, and you're like pumping up the crowd. I'm like, "What is going on?" Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I you don't just, every day over there then. No, in I, Mexico I apparently. I, I, I just drive down the road and there's parties and everyone's saying, "Great driving, man." Yeah, yeah. that's what you what would you do when you head to Ibiza for the summer? That's right. <laughs> um, yeah, so I guess I thought it was going to be like, yeah, if you wanted to, you can go off the beaten path and go crazy. But the game is a serious, like, driving game on certain paths and stuff. And it's not. It's just such a 180, I guess, from, at least from Gran Turismo. I don't know about Horizon. So, anyways, that's that's where I'm at on that. Oh, and the fact that I turned on the game, and before I played two hours, I had 29 cars. Yeah. Like, I'm used to Gran Turismo, where you got to work for that. Well, I mean, the most recent one's easier but you had to work for that first couple cars and when you went from a from a, a <laughs> nissan fit to like a honda prelude like it was a big deal you're like yeah. holy smokes this car is so much better than the nissan fit right in this game within 20 or within two hours i had like a ferrari a bugatti uh like just ridiculous cars yeah um however i have to give it kudos because unlike the new Gran turismo game it's got lotus in there yeah i got my elise I got a Lotus 7, I got a couple of Lotus race cars, and um, I it makes me cry, because every time you drive it, it you you have to drive through fences and trees and explosions and tanks, and it's weird. <laughs> so anyways, that's my Xbox catch-up, but nice. uh, Eric, I took 20 minutes, now you can take 20 minutes. Well, I, well I'm asking, did either of you guys pick up this game? I did. You did. Did you pick this up, Tim? 
No. Because it was two ninety nine, right? I think yeah. it was two ninety nine. Cheap game. Here, I'll pull it up. Yeah, so the game we're talking about is 20 minutes till dawn. If, no, I'm sorry to interrupt. When I give you an amazing transition, if you could just go ahead and, like, swing at the ball at least. Like, sure. Try to... <laughs> All right, it wasn't an amazing transition. But anyways, 20 minutes till dawn. I'm looking up. Sorry. No problem. <laughs> no, I, I just can't remember how exactly I found this game. I can't remember if someone recommended it on Twitter or, or if I just happened to come across it. But the thing I thought you'd like, Cody, is it's a Cthulhu kind of themed game. Yeah, a little um, bit. A little bit. A little bit. And it is one of those games where the thing that attracted me to this one is that they came out with a version early on called 10 Minutes Till Dawn. And then now this newer, this newest version is 20 Minutes Till Dawn. Doubled it. They doubled it, yeah. But it takes the... The games I've been digging lately are the ones where you're like Vampire Saviors. Is that what it was called? Yeah. Saviors? Yeah. Where you pick up... As you're going around... You pick up these kind of passive weapons. There, you know, there's no firing in that game. It's just the weapons do their thing. They hover around you. They, they fire in one direction. Whatever. Like they're passive. They just firing all the time uh, and doing different things. The thing that Twenty Minutes Till Dawn has is is you can. It's actually a twin stick shooter. So you can fire in a direction. You can fire your main weapon, and you can upgrade your main weapon and all this cool stuff. But as you're going and you're getting you're you're reaching these milestones, you can get these passive weapons too. So you have an active weapon and passive weapons, and uh, it's a very kind of atmospheric game. It's kind of dark with like a, um, a radius of light around you, so mm. like things do creep out of the shadows towards you. Um, but it is a blast, and there are like. One thing people really like about Vampire Saviors is that Survivors, a, by the way. Vampire Survivors. Survivors, that's right. Yeah, that's what I meant. I'm sorry. What was I saying? You said Saviors, and I agreed with you, but then I thought about it. It's Survivors, that's right. The one thing that is great about that is the combos, like that, like getting some combinations of certain weapons like that you like. that match. That, yeah. that kind of have a synergy together. This game has that up the wazoo. So, like, you, you will start developing these synergies between weapons that you find, weapons that you get, and... Uh, I I I I played this for about four or five days straight, and then I stopped playing. So it's been a while. It's been about a week since I've done it, but um, it I I've, I've been loving this one. So did you play this yet, Cody? I played a good amount of it. Yeah. No, what it, what are cool. your thoughts on it? It's I I I like that you have the twin stick control. Yeah, it's a huge plus compared to Vampire Survivors. Yeah. Um, I love the vibe. I haven't. I I feel like I played a lot of it. But I don't feel like the unlockables themselves help you get further in the game. You have like different weapons and different characters, but they're all kind of equally powered. So you're unlocking like differences for the game. But I think the game, you know, if you played without doing any upgrades at all in between games, yeah, it's still going to matter on what kind of loadout you eventually can partially luck and partially how what you choose. Um, so I don't know if it's and it is a beta. Yeah, it is beta. It's very early. Yeah. So I think they need to do a little work on actually making it to the point where you feel like you're doing better and better. The, the goal is to survive for 20 minutes. Yeah. And I can't get past 10. Like, yeah. no matter how many upgrades I do, it's like I have to have a great build out to get to 10, but typically it lasts around like six. Okay. And it hasn't really changed. So I don't know. But I like it. It's fun. Yeah. 
It's worth two ninety nine for sure. Yeah, definitely. And since it's not done, I'm hoping that the balancing in the game gets a little better and the and the weapons. But yeah, I've I've been having a blast with it. I think it's a great game. Awesome, awesome. So you're saying so it's, it's not, not it's not a crappy not game. It goes along. So uh, as as in if it's a if it's a beta or beta, whatever you want to call it, um, do you have to buy different versions later on, or no. once you've bought it on that two ninety nine, they're just going to update it from Th- there? That's right. That, for as far as I understand, because since I've owned it, they've updated it a couple of times already. Yeah. Yep. All right. Let's see if we can do this, Tim. So that you're, Eric, you're saying it's not a crap game. It is not a crap game. Thank you. No, uh, I've I've been playing some crap games though. Yes, yes. some craptastic games. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have been partaking in some of the releases uh, for this year's Fantastic Reset 64 2022 craptastic game competition for yes. the 4K game competition. Um, there's some amazing entries this year not saying that any past years there hasn't been but it just seems again gone up another level Um, really there's some really really good games um just a few that i've been playing is um old mine host Hmm, uh, which is by uh roisterini now now is that how he pronounces it or is that how you pronounce it Uh, poke, which is uh, again brilliant. Uh, Skiddy, which is like, um, uh, do you remember like the original sprint in the arcades, which okay. was sort of like uh, uh, the, yeah. the monochrome, monochrome kind of like little racer that you had the wheels and top uh, down. You had to really crank on that wheel to get round the corner. <laughs> um, well, that's kind of a, a, an updated version of that. Uh, Sky High, uh, Bear Bear, um, Circles, which, oh my God, that is just amazing. <laughs> is it? Okay. We, we saw videos because we talked about this for you on, on the news last episode. Yeah. And we got to see video of Circles, which uh, looked like gameplay is king kind of a game. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And we yeah, saw the marble really one. Was the marble one? Yeah. Marble Boy. That um, looked awesome. <laughs> it is. It is. Essentially, it's, it's Buggy Boy. So it's got all the all the tropes from Buggy Boy, so like the the little sounds and yeah. the, uh, the flags and all that sort of stuff. But you're literally on a on a two two D plane sort of thing, and you've got to move your marble around and pick up all those items. And that is it's just great fun. That um, looks awesome. It is, and there's there's a lot of inertia on it as well. So the control is is uh, is a bit difficult to master straight off. But um, yeah, you get there in the end. So yeah, it's going to be a difficult judging time, and that's that's literally only just scratching the surface. I think there's about another what is it twenty thirty releases or something like that. So yeah, it's going to be really good fun catching up with all of those games. So I'm look, looking forward to that. Yeah, we were Eric and I were talking about should we try to do our own little side judge of it? Because none of us are involved this year in the actual judging. I don't think. No, no. Unless you are, Tim. So, no. see, I feel left out now. I feel like I got to do it myself. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's definitely worth picking up some of those games, and I know that already because the judging's finished. They're they're starting to do some enhanced versions of them. Um, Did they already so. release the results then? 
Uh, no, not yet. Yeah. No, okay. but the, the judging is finished. So what they call like the embargo is over. So they've released the games and, um, yeah, they finished, finished the judging. So I'm not sure when it's actually going to be announced. Well, check out Reset 64 and yeah. see where that ended up. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, Eric, did you order something recently? I did order something Ooh. recently, and I have it. I When I put this in the notes, I had ordered it, and I received it. Oh, I see it. I see so it. So here it is. So we talk a lot about, on the show about the Evercade, and uh, Tim did a whole segment on the Evercade, which was very useful and very good. Um, so this, I bought the Evercade SD. D's nuts. <laughs> so, 41. Okay, hold on. Let me get the timestamp. Pixel guide and bingo. One thirteen. Okay, got it. Go ahead, continue on. Yeah. What are you gonna be- beat me out? I yeah, say gonna beat me bad. out. What are you talking about? My daughter's gonna be like, "What was that?" Eric said. And I'm gonna be like, oh. <laughs> so anyway, here is the Ever SD. So it's a cartridge for the Evercade that allows you to put an SD card in here and load any game you want that'll play on the Evercade. Now that might sound. A little uh, anti-Evercade because it's a collectible cartridge kind of system. But what you do on this is you patch the operating system on the actual Evercade. And then what this allows you to do is kind of run RetroArch so that you can run just about any game you want on the emulator. The original cartridges still work. So Hold it. The original cartridges still work. Um this just allows you to, like, if your Evercade is kind of front and center in your in your gaming world where it's hooked to the big TV or something, you now can just have another option for connecting that and playing games in RetroArch. So if you're playing a Game Boy game or a Game Boy Advance or, or a Super Nintendo or any kind of system, you can play it, and then you can just pop in your Evercade cartridges, too, and just play those games, too. So I don't see a downside to it. I think it opens up a lot of possibilities. I like the controllers on the Evercade. So I I, I I I think it's all upside. I think it's all pretty yeah. cool stuff. Now it came with this cool thing. Look at this little. It screen. came with that. It came with it. I'll show that to Tim so you can see what the heck is going on. It's here. like a little squid-looking um, USB cable thing that allows you to plug more than two controllers into the Evercade. So you can plug up to four controllers in and uh, play four-player games. Interesting. So it's literally like a big old dongle. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I, I got it. I got the one that came with that, and uh, I I have it. I just got this, so I have not been able to tinker with it yet and load any kind of games. Or I didn't patch the Evercade yet. I, oh, you yeah, haven't tried it yet. Okay. So I'm gonna I'll have a report next month on using it. I haven't done a single thing with it yet. Uh, this is the second device I've seen made with this kind of plastic 3D printed stuff. Yeah. It's similar to the Neo Geo Pocket um, SD solution. It I is, have. yeah. It almost—I don't know how to describe it. it. Feels almost like it's like cardboard a gritty, paper. Like it's a gritty plastic. Yeah, it's cool though. It's really cool. Yeah, great looking piece of kit. Like you said, I think I'm in the camp that says the whole point of the EverDrive. I mean, I'm not against this, but the whole point of the EverDrive is to collect Evercade. physical. I'm sorry, Evercade. It's always going to get backwards. <laughs> is to, is to collect games on cartridge. So this does kind of go against the whole reason anyone would want the Evercade to begin with, but I'm sure, I mean, it's, it's awesome. It's, yeah. The fact that it exists is cool and, and it's you fun st- to play with. And you still get all that those features, but now you yeah. can just kind of plug this in and load up. Like, I think I'm going to play a lot of uh, handheld stuff. Game Boy, Game Boy Advance, um, you know, 
any Sega Game Gear. You could play them all on here through RetroArch and uh, and have it on the big TV. So it's another good way to play those kind of games. And have save states and all that good stuff. Very cool. Yeah. I just love the physical hardware of it. It's, that's what I, I think is cool. Yeah. Um, cool, 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 cool. Go to... There's my transition. Did you catch it? I did. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> that was bad. Let's that's go, really Coco. Um, I don't have a whole lot to say about this. I have talked about for a while about how I had my Color Computer 3, my Tandy Color Computer 3, which I bought so I, in my mind, could play all Color Computer games, only to find out later, after selling my Color Computer 2, that uh, the Color Computer 3 actually has quite a few, um, quite a large percentage of the Color Computer 2 library it cannot play. Yeah. Um, which bummed me out. However, I always did want a Coco 2 that has what I call the melted keyboard. A lot of people call it the melted keyboard. Yeah. And you saw, you saw it. It's in the other room now. I did, yeah. Uh, so I did end up buying it. Now, let's be honest. I, I bought this new Co- Coco 2 for more than I sold my last one for. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where I think the first one I bought was 45 bucks on Shop Goodwill. I sold it for like 100 bucks, and then I just bought one for like 160 <laughs> Yeah. So they're getting up there now. All the prices are going nuts. It did come yeah. with some games, which I put up there, which was cool. It has a little cover that is see-through, but at this point it's just yellow and brittle and gross. Yeah. Um, at, to the point where I'm like, do I even keep the cover? It's gross. It's a gross-looking piece yeah. of plastic. <laughs> and it comes with uh, some color basic manuals, and it, it's over there. Some stuff. But the color computer to itself is in great condition. Yeah. Looks great doesn't run okay so i get the fun of making it run yeah yeah um yeah yes. so i uh i have it opened i have uh i'm not sure exactly what it is yet i haven't dug too deep but before i dig too deep i know that i want to upgrade it from 16k to 64k ram anyways so i ordered the 64k ram for it and hopefully the issue with it is just one of those pieces of ram that would be awesome. And I'll know once I put the new RAM in it, because I know the new RAM, well, in theory, the new RAM should be good. Um, this particular model, every model of Coco is a little different, so it's simple. I take out the old RAM, put the new RAM in, and cross the jumper with a piece of solder, and then it's upgraded. So go from there. So you'll find out if it works or not next month. Sweet. Cool. That's it. Coco. Speaking of Pack Billy, oh wait, that didn't that didn't work at that all. That didn't work. Okay, <laughs> I'm going to keep this one real short because there's not much to say. But uh, one benefit of being on our Discord, Ooh, which, a little advertisement almost, which all of our uh, Patreon subscribers get to get on there. That's one of their perks. But one of the benefits on there is every once in a while someone will talk about like free games or or give you a code for a game or something but pack billy wrote a game called Guildmaster gratuitous subtitle <laughs> and uh it, it's kind of a tongue-in-cheek kind of game uh it's got a lot of humor in it and stuff i haven't played it i only have played through the tutorial so far but it is like a um turn-based tactical kind of game kind of like a like a final fantasy tactics kind of game okay. i love tactical <clears throat> I do too, and in fact, I wrote him after that because I didn't know what kind of game it was. He just he went on Discord and was just like, "Hey, I got this game I wrote, and I'm just going to give away a bunch of free copies. So um, let's let's uh, you know if anybody wants it, just say something." So I just said, "Hey, I'll take a free game. That's awesome." Sent me the code; it, it unlocked in Steam just fine. 
Um, I'm pulling up some video of it so we can kind of follow along. To yeah. That. So it's called Guildmaster Gratuitous Subtitle, and you basically it's kind of a, a fantasy kind of D and D style game. This is um, not it yet, by the way. This, this is, is not advertisement it. for another terrible. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Here it is. So there Here we go. So it it so far. I mean, the only things I've done is literally do tutorial. So walking around, using your weapons, um, upgrading. Uh, so I haven't actually played the game yet. So I will re- I will report next month on the game and if I like it. But it looks right up my alley. And the cool thing is, so far I can tell he put a lot of thought into it. A lot of um, because where these games go wrong is that they don't have a lot of um, the comfort stuff in it. Like like the right click doesn't do this the way you think it should. Mm. And it's kind of clumsy, the controls. So far, this one's ticking all the boxes. It's very easy to control. Works really well. Um, right up Eric's wazoo. Right up, right up the wazoo. So anyway, I am eager to try it and I will report more next month. But that's it from Pack Billy. <laughs> Sorry if I just ruined your review, Pack Billy. No, throw it out. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Wazoo, hey, how do I get out of this? I don't want full screen anymore. Yeah, there we go. Speaking of Wazoo, Tim, there's a s- some kind of switch budget bonanza. What is yeah. that all about? Um, if you refresh your document, Cody. Oh, you I've got to refresh something. something. Okay, hold on here. That's right. My se- my session expired. I'm refreshing. This one's taken a while. And I'm scrolling down. Scrolling down. Are you capable of talking about it before I get there? Because it's going to take me a few more seconds. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. No, I can't do that. Can't so do that. anyway, um, <laughs> the notes are I, crucial. I'm always listening to you guys talking about all the Switch games that you play over the month and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And I feel, feel left out. So this month I thought, right this is it. I'm going to sit down and I'm going to go through the store and I'm going to find some 89 pence games and play some budget games. That's the value. <laughs> so I'm thinking, right, okay, I'm going to find some real stinkers here. Um, <laughs> and I was kind of right, but actually I was pleasantly surprised. So first up, um, and I'm going to go in kind of like uh, from st- this game stunk right up to this game's awesome. Okay. So the first one is Crazy Zen Golf. Um, This is pretty much, as it says, uh, what it does on the tin. Um, It is a crazy golf game. Uh, So obviously in the the 3D kind of genre. Um, It's very, very basic. Um, It's, you know, the the graphics are functional, the sounds there, all that sort of stuff, the usual gameplay. Um, But it's not, really going to set the world alight in terms of um you know the look and the feel of the game and all that sort of stuff it's like it feels min- like miniature it's, golf yeah it feels like it's done with some kind of game creator or something like that it's got that kind of feel to it um did you get controls- this Cody? so did you me? recommend this no i think i think tim's going all uh no, no, this is just me just going oh, through good, this. Yeah, good. All oh, natural. Oh, good, 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 good. Unless you guys have played this one before. I have and not. Think awesome. I have not. I thought you might have gotten these recommendations from us in past, in past uh, no, segments. No, but okay, good, no, good, good. Because no, I thought maybe is, we steered you wrong. Me. Okay, good, good. 
right, to, be, to be fair, I love mini golf games, even if they're yeah, mediocre. Yeah, me too, and that's why I bought this. But yeah. you probably won't. I mean, by all means, go go and buy it because it's I don't know what is it probably a dollar or something like that a buck. Um, so yeah, I'm not saying that it's not worth that money, but it's it, it's not probably the best mini golf game. I'm sure there's probably others out there. Um, but it it was functional. It was fun to play for five minutes, but no more than that, I don't think. So. And it comes with a golf ball that has the Union Jack on it. Yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think they they change as you go through the as you go through some of the levels. Um, but yeah, I, I, the the thing that I found really is just the the movement and the camera angles and all that sort of stuff a bit clumsy. Um, so like I say, I it just, just feels a little bit rough around the edges. <laughs> yeah, Sorry, the video shot. we just saw had a horrible shot, but it went in anyway. So you got to enjoy that. <laughs> next okay. Game, so huh? That is uh, crazy Zen golf. So the next one is formula bit racing. Um, now this is kind of a, a top down um, formula racer. <clears throat> Um, it's, uh, in the sort of like retro graphic style. Um, it's nice and fluid, um, nice flowing movement on the, on the car and on the animation. Um, and this is good fun. Um, so it's kind of, you know, your traditional top down, top down racer, uh, with, uh, formula one style mini cars. Um, I've, I found this one, uh, nicer to control than some, but still a little bit clumsy. Um, it's another one like, you know, super sprint and all that sort of stuff where you find yourself mostly bashing off the scenery, trying to get around corners and all that sort of thing. So, gotcha. um, but yeah, it's, but, it's nice enough. And again, you know, for, for 89 pence or whatever, I would definitely recommend picking it up. Yeah. They're um, definitely like a little formula one cars. Unlike super sprint, it is a, um, like follow, uh, it's it's like an isometric kind of a angled view that follows you around the track rather than like a single screen rather or something. than just a purely single screen top down yeah yeah, yeah. so um yeah but, but anytime that's, we that's talk a, about games like this though the big thing for me that a lot of them do wrong this one does not is the camera doesn't lead you enough to know so you know where you're going yeah and this sh- you know where you're going it looks yeah. like it yeah, you can you can see where you're going. You've got enough screen real estate to see where where you where you've been and where you're going. Yeah. Oh, and they've got yeah. boost. They have yes. <laughs> nice boost. <laughs> uh, so that's Formula Bit Racing. Now the next one is Super Loop Drive. Have you guys heard of this one? No. Oh. No. Okay. So this one, pretty much as it says, you are driving around a loop, um, but you have uh, an opposite side. Um, so you've got, you start off with two circles and those circles are interjoined. Um, so at some stage you've got to cross over into the other person's or the other car's circle. So you're driving around. Um, and the idea is, is to just get around the loop as many times as you can, um, and collect coins along the way. Um, so it sounds really simple. So it's like uh, a one button, like slot car racing kind of a thing. Well, kind of. Um, you can speed up and slow down, but you can't stop. So you've got to time it. And then as you do so many loops, um, they add another car in. So the, the, the jeopardy gets 
um, obviously increased <laughs> because you, you're trying not to crash into the other cars. Um, so it's a really simplistic game, but it's one that you'll find yourself just starting over and over and over yeah. again. I mean, I, I probably played this for sort of like three quarters an hour to an hour straight on first. <laughs> just didn't, didn't stop. And I was like, oh, I need to try some of the other games. <laughs> Looks like um, there's even a yeah, game. Yeah, it looks like there's even a night mode and all sorts yeah, of crazy there's stuff. Night mode, and then you've got different. Um, I'm not quite sure whether it affects it or not, but I think you've got um, uh, icy conditions, and then you've got one there which is sort of like a desert, which has got a, quite a breeze blowing through it. And I'm not quite sure whether that actually affects the um, the flow of the uh, of the of the car driving, whether it pushes you on a bit more. Um, but yeah, there's, and then you've got like, I haven't got to that stage yet, but you've got like uh, the trucks coming through the middle as well. So those are um, lorries, lorries, stringy lorries. Yes. Very stringy. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then you can, um, when you get so many points or coins, you can buy new cars. Um, so yeah, that, that one's just uh, brilliant. And again, you know, a pound or 89 pence or whatever you want to call it. I could see a Commodore 64 version of this game. Yeah. Like, yeah. doing really well. This is a game well, that, on the Switch, like you said, it's like, I paid a buck. I probably wouldn't pay more than that, but it was really addictive. But I could see somebody releasing this on the Commodore with, like, a physical release for, like, 50 bucks and people buying it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, well, you say that, but actually, Roysterini's game, Brum Brum, is, is kind of a bit similar. Is it? Okay. Yeah. A, Interesting. A bit yeah. Yeah. I could so I play one, that one. That looks like fun. So the next one is Crash Drive 3. Now, this game is brilliant. Really? Okay. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. I have sunk hours into this game already, and it's one of those games you just don't really understand how you can lose that much time into a game. Um, it may not be for everyone. Um, I have this I, game. <laughs> you've got it. You've got it. I, I own it. I own this game. Okay. Continue. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, it's essentially, it's kind of... Uh, a stunting type game. Um, so you're, you, you've got a, uh, start off in a, in a ice level. Um, so you've got like uh, snow and you've got a big ice arena in the middle. You've got ramps and loops and jumps that you can, uh, perform tricks off. But the, the, the interesting dynamic in this game is it, it's, it pretty much is always online. So you've, you're starting out in the game and you're kind of getting used to the game. And then it just throws you into random events, um, which you're playing against other people. Now, what I like about this is, is there are interactive ones where you're, um, you know, like uh, cops and robbers. So you're a robber and the cops have got to get you and you've got to try and, you know, get away. Um, but there are also collecting um, ones where you've got to like collect the most coins. Um, there's a tag, uh, there's other tagging events where you've got to do stunts, pull stunts, and then actually, uh, purposely, like he's going to do here, hit, hit, uh, um, an object and you tag the object. So the idea is to get as many, tag as many objects as you can. Um, there's a beach ball one. I don't know if you saw that, Cody, or not, but <laughs> there's just this massive beach ball that just drops down into the middle of the play field. Okay. And everyone's just got to race into it and uh, do the most damage to the, to the, uh, the to beach the beach ball. ball. Um, <laughs> There's sort of like other little submissions along the way. So um, you've got like um, a big green uh, 
discs, big green rings um, that are above some of the jumps. And the idea is, is you hit eight of those uh, jumps and get through the hoops or the rings. Um, and then you can then unlock the next world, which is the forest level, which I've just done uh, last night, I think it is. Um, and then there's even more players into in the forest world. So that seems more popular than the first level for some reason. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just... Uh, absolutely brilliant i just really really love this game it's great fun I've just sent a lot of time into this i just i played a little bit of it i downloaded it because again it was like just pennies on sale yeah and um it looked too good to be true and i never got used to the way it plays because it's a little the, the physics are a little goofy it does um, take a little bit of time but it's it's worth that investment and uh maybe maybe i just in tune with the game because i i I'm just sort of like ripping through it and uh, winning most things against a lot of people. So I'm, I'm enjoying it. Yeah, on paper, I love everything about it. I think I just need to get to that, to the point where I start to click with it a little bit. But um, yeah, it's almost like all the Mario Kart mini games, but instead of Mario Kart, it's actually actually like a physics-based, kind of skill-based uh, kind of a game. Almost like um, yeah. Rocket League, but instead of just playing soccer, it's a bunch of other mini games. <laughs> yeah yeah i think i kind of maybe i've uh kind of uh, been drawn to it a bit because of the stunting because i'm such a big ssx tricky fan there you go there's, there's that kind of element to it as well so yeah been enjoying that and one. you can drive a mini you can and a taxi and a van and loads of stuff <laughs> so there we go so that's crash drive three so that's my switch budget bonanza I love it. Well done, sir. That was almost like a segment in itself. Exactly. <laughs> Eric, what's a game that doesn't involve, well, I guess it involves some cars, but doesn't involve driving cars? The new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game. Oh, my goodness. Shredder's Revenge. So I know you got this game, Cody. Did you get this one yet, Tim? No, I looked at it, and um, I can't remember the price. I think it was around about, what was it, 20 20 pounds something like that you know i wouldn't know because i have xbox gold and it's free really yep uh-huh. the day it came out i was like oh it's i have it cool it's included yeah. I, I, yeah that is that service is so cool i'll stop talking yeah. about it but oh my every game like it just happens to have all the games i want to play I, and that's what's crazy about it is like i'm like oh i w- was thinking about spending 20 bucks on that yep Take it. Now I had to move on. I had to move on from this game because I had to do homework for Pixel Guide. Oh, that's sad. But I did play through the first couple of levels on this, and so far I'm really digging it. Um, I don't know what else to really say, but I mean, if you've heard of this game, it's a beat 'em up in the true style of old Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle games, the arcade game. Yeah, yeah, the arcade and- games. Yep. So, I mean, you can pick from one of the turtles, or you can pick April, or I think there's a couple other characters, too. Casey Jones! Casey Jones, You can unlock him, but you can be Casey Jones. Yep, and you you basically, every character has their own strengths and weaknesses. Like, some people are, you know, they have higher hit numbers, some are faster, blah, blah, blah. And you go through and you pick the character that best suits your play style. You go through it. It's a beat 'em up. I mean, it's uh, it's hard to, if you know any kind of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle game, then you would instantly remember this. But this one is very well done. I mean, so far I'm digging it. I mean, it's it feels really good to to play. So I'm eager to get back to it and try try getting further into it. Um, what were your thoughts on this? Have you put sunk any time into this? I have. So let me say two things really quick. First of yeah. all. 
we talked about Battletoads last episode. There, a new Battletoads game, modernized version of a Battletoads game, came out like four months ago, five months ago. Okay. And I was so excited to play that. Guess what? It was free on Xbox, Eric. It's sweet. And I was so glad it was free because it was not good. Okay. And I did not want to have paid money for that. Yeah. Um, I played that game getting so excited. Uh, Everything that Battletoads did wrong, this game does not do wrong. It goes right. Battletoads took the original idea of the game and then, like, made everything sharper and cleaner and, like, hand-drawn and... um, and then put like cutscenes and like story and like over the, the top like we're gonna take a joke and beat it to death and remember that one thing that happened now we're gonna do it like four times as long in this game. This game right here, Ninja Turtles, is an homage to the original Oops. where they say let's do everything the original did, let's make it better, crisp, more modern. Let's let's throw little bits of humor in all over the place, but also keep the vibe of the original. And then you know. What do people nowadays not like about old video games? The linearity. Like, you play, start at the beginning, you play through the whole game. If you die, you start at the beginning again. And they took this game and broke the levels in where you have a map. If you beat a level, you beat the level. You can go back and try to get more more um, trophies and stuff within that level. But now you get to go to the next level and beat that level. And then you get access to another level. Right. And my daughter and I have been playing through this, loving every minute of it. Um... Beat 'em ups typically are boring because can get boring because you have like a punch, a kick, and like a jump attack, and that's it. Yeah, there's a ton of attacks and stuff in there, and they're ton. all easy to do. Yeah, the cut, but there's a ton of them. I mean, I was going through the list, and the only thing I could do is memorize a couple of them, try them out, and then go back and grab a couple more to try to commit to memory. I wanted to find a cheat sheet I could print out of all the like combos and moves. But the beautiful thing about it is uh, kind of like when we were talking about Power Stone last month. Yeah. It's one button stuff for the most part. Yeah. Up and jump and kick or down and jump and kick or over and jump and kick. I mean, it's simple stuff. It's not like it's hard. Like you have to remember anything over the top. It's like if I just press this button combo, what happens? Yeah. And, you know, you can just go up there and um, I, don't know, I'm a, it, I think it's great. It's great playing, uh, you know, co-op multiplayer. Um, it hits the nostalgia button, but it also works for modern audiences. I, just, everything about it's great. I love it. Yep. So I'm eager to get back to it and spend some more time with it. And I'd love to play it co-op sometime. So maybe this is a future game for when I come over, we can crack this out. Tim, I think Eric and I have like 48 to 60 hours of gameplay that we all need to play when you come over. So I'm not sure how we're, we're going to fit this all yeah. in. <laughs> but it's funny. Everything I do nowadays, I'm thinking about like, oh, okay, when Tim gets here, should we do this? Yeah. When Tim gets here, can we do all do this together? We've got a lot of stuff to do. I don't I'm think we're ever going to be bored. The entire, yeah. Anyways, great game. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle on all modern systems. Yep. Uh, know what else is modern, but to me, but not to you guys? What's that? My new PC. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking at it right here. It's not in use. It's just sitting here. So I'll make this quick because it's not exciting at all. Um, <laughs> but my PC, which we are currently still to this day recording this podcast on right this second... Uh, if I could put my microphone down here and you can hear the noises this thing makes. Yeah. It is a Windows 7 machine from, I think, 2011? Yeah. 2010? Um, it grinds and crunches and crackles, and it's gonna die. Like, it's gonna die. It's gonna die. It has yeah. to. It does. The way it works is fine. I, like, have no issues with it. I don't care that it's Windows 7. Um, it's slow to start up, but once it's up and running, it works pretty well. Every once in a while, it'll crash. 
which is frustrating. But I'm like, you know what? Before everything in my life just falls apart because my computer stopped, which is kind of a realistic concern. Sure. I need to go buy a PC. So I bought a new PC. PCs, I've learned because of you and Tim, Eric, um, are way overpriced at the moment because they can be. Yep. Um, So I spent too much money on a three-year-old PC that's been um, refreshed, as they put it. But I've had really good luck with Dell refreshed computers. Yeah. So anyways, that's an upcoming project, and I do not look forward to it because to me... I mean, when I plug that PC in and put my monitor and my mouse on it, it'll do the same thing my current computer does. There's nothing sexy or fun about it, but it's new, and it will work better. And it has the uh, fancy, uh, what is it, Tim, SSD hard drive? That's the one. Yep. So no spinning platters, so that should help. No spinning rust. Yeah, we don't want that. (laughs) Although it does have another spinning rust platter, a terabyte hard drive in there as well, but that's the secondary. Anyways. Yeah. That's all. That is all I have to say about that. It is much, much smaller than I thought it would be. Yeah. In the picture to me, it looked like a full-size tower that I could shove a bunch of stuff in later. It's not. No. But Eric confirmed I can shove two things in it. Like, yeah. there's two PCI slots. It's got two slots in it. You'll be fine. I mean, what, what, do, you, what do you need? What are what we do doing? Need? Cody, what are what, we doing? Well, I'm just trying to make Pixel Guide and run. I'm just trying <laughs> to make Pixel Guide and run. Uh, I know that it's not super, but Tim, what is? What is what it? is super is this super, super Saxon. This is this is <laughs> my single pickup for this month. <laughs> this is how lean times are at the moment. <laughs> now hold on, wait, wait, don't. Before you, can you hold it back up with the camera, but a little further away? There you go. It is it's, Super Saxon. I'm trying to figure out what system or on it, disc. Oh, that's why. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, a cool box. It is. I mean, this, this is kind of like the traditional C64 style um, disc packaging. So it's nice and thin and uh, it's like a plastic wallet and all that sort of thing. So this is this is me. This is what I collect, this sort of thing. This is in my wheelhouse. Um, but uh, the reason why I purchased this um, is that it was, uh, for me personally, I think this was an absolute steal. Um, it was about £20. Pounds. Um and I've I've seen this go Super Zaxxon. Certainly, the cartridge one has gone for like hundreds of pounds. Wow! Um, so uh, yeah, for, for twenty for twenty pound, this was an absolute no brainer. I'll, I'll be honest with you, I've not even had time to load it up yet or anything like that um, because it came in roughly around you know like when Eric says you know we got to start doing our homework for the show. Um, so yeah, so that's be- it. Really. So be honest with me, as a collector of, of you know, original um, floppy, what is it, five and a quarter floppy disks games, yeah. if you plug that game in and it doesn't run, does that upset no. you, or is it more about owning the physical, like, I, one day this used to work. I, I can play it on anything. Yeah, you know, right? I, I, so it's I okay. I that on my Vita, so it's, it's okay. I don't yeah. necessarily expect it to work. You know, I'll as soon as I get it, as long as it's got both the original discs and everything looks fine, I'll leave feedback on eBay, regardless yep. of whether it works or not. Right, it's worth a check because that's a, that's a world I don't. Yeah, I can always put another disc in there with if I really want to load the game off a disc and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, but with the age of these things, you got you got to go with, with floppy disks and that sort of thing. If you're buying those sort of things, you've got to go in with your eyes wide open. You know that 
generally 99 times out of 100 the things work anyway um but um if they don't meh i've got the original it's the original discs it's the manual good, it's good to know that's good stuff. to know yeah. yeah so i have a ton of and they're not boxed but i have a ton of from my hall my atari hall I have a ton yeah. of discs with you know original labels original discs yeah i don't have a working 810 to to talk to try them on so I don't know if people care about that or not. I know I personally wouldn't. It sounds like you wouldn't. So yeah, I, I mean, I legitimately would put them on eBay as untested, which most people are like, okay, that means it doesn't work. Well, okay, if I don't, it, it might, might work, but yeah. I, well, that's fine. If you want, yeah. if if you but want to collect it because you want did. the original label on the disc, I got it. Yeah, right? yeah, you know, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've got a, a disc box full of Commodore sixty four original software um, and some big titles on there as well, like. Um, Turrican, Turrican 2, you know, if you had the box with those, they'd, they'd go for like 150, 200 pounds. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I've got the original discs. And part of the hard thing about that is half of the Atari games I have, you flip them over, it's the Commodore version. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, who, who wants it? Who, who wants to yeah. pay more, the Atari guys or the Commodore guys? You know, I don't know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Retro collecting can be a monster, Eric. It can. It can be a monster. Speaking of monsters, yes, you guys are nailing it today. <laughs> so I got two. I got two. I, I I haven't had a ton of time to play games, but I bought two new Switch games, and both are um, so far both are really good. First one is called Mon- Monster Sanctuary, and it's by Team Seventeen, which is a retro uh, kind of a, a throwback to the retro times. They made they're a, making a lot of modern stuff too, though. They are. They absolutely. But it's are. very retro inspired as far as kind of like the vibe and the gameplay. Yep. So the best way I can explain Monster Sanctuary is it's a two D Pokemon style game. I, I have to point out this real quick. There's a yeah. tagline on this YouTube video I'm about to click on. It says "Gotta hatch them all." Gotta hatch them all. That's right. <laughs> so it's a like kind of two D Pokemon. RPG, but with Metroidvania in it. So, like, you literally go through levels, you got to find keys and. Please mark off retro. uh, uh, Exactly. (laughs) Metroidvania. Metroidvania. (laughs) But it's bizarre because it takes a lot of games that I like and combines them into one thing. So, literally, like, it's an RPG, you can, like, equip armor and weapons and stuff like that. You when you get uh, when you find these little monsters that you hatch, you they can they have abilities like one of the bird can like carry you to cliffs where you couldn't have gone before. So that's where the kind of the metro yeah. place is, um, and you are just going around this world trying to complete quests and and beat the game. But along the way, you're finding these animals, you're hatching them, and you're adding them to your kind of like group, and then you play with six different monsters and you level them up kind of like in pokemon but so far I, like i am totally digging this game i mean they do a lot of stuff right and there's enough kind of variables in this game that keep it very interesting so um I, i'm having a blast with it so, so I, the main thing that i noticed is rather than a pokemon which i really haven't played much of which yeah. is kind of a top-down rpg this is like a it's almost like a side-on, I don't know if it's side-scrolling, side-on platformer. It's, it's a side-scrolling platformer. Like, That's this right. is a tactical turn-based battle, but it's happening in 2D side... That's like, right. It's, uh, it's yeah. interesting. So, so it's not Pokemon it's at different. all. I mean, it's obviously something, it's a different franchise, but it's way different. Yeah. 
and and they have a very neat battle system that uses kind of like like what I what I would call mana like you know the, you have a limited yeah. mana pool and you you do the different moves that these creatures do but you can run out of that so you don't you got it there is a strategy to um and of course there's certain monsters that have weaknesses and certain monsters that have strengths and so like if you have a water type you're going to fight the fire one and you're going to get you're going to hit for more points uh stuff like that you can still hear me right Oh, you're getting crackly. Yeah. You're getting crackly. The little... The, Stop you, touching you, the thing. You can hear me okay there, right? Yeah, I can hear you. Just yeah, yeah, it's all good. Okay. Um, so anyway, that was the first game. And then the second game was a throwback to uh, a previous episode. You brought it up, Cody, on one of your segments. It's you called... beat me to it. Fishing Paradiso. Or Paradiso. I don't know. Yeah. Paradiso. But, but this is a game about fishing. So if you like the fishing mechanic in games where you like throw a, you know, your, your thing in and there's like a, you throw your rod and, and, you know, fishing, fishing. Yeah. You know, fishing. You know fishing. it's got that you whole know, fishing dynamic. Yeah. You throw your rod in there and then you, there's like a tension on the line and this and that there's like that kind of mechanic, but this is built into an RPG and the story is very odd. Like you're in heaven. Huh? You you died somehow. Fishing which heaven. You have no idea how you died or whatever, but you are in heaven, and you are on this deserted island, and you start fishing, and then you start meeting friends. They start coming to the island on their boats, and you can level up your character to fish better, and you can upgrade your fishing rod. And it so far, it's really cool. I haven't been able to spend a ton of time with it. I've probably played it a couple hours though. Yeah, and you, uh, you, you got you got about an hour into it because I checked on your Switch profile. Okay, about an I, hour. I looked at this one. This was on the top of the list, and then I went into the video on it, and I thought, oh, that looks really cool. Yeah, and then that was about when I was just about to go and buy those other games. So, <laughs> and it's got collectibles in the game, like because you're trying to fish and you're fishing for different. Uh, fish so when you capture a specific species of fish it checks it off of your collector board yep. so you're trying to get different types uh, i think it's gonna oh, be fun great. but it is a laid-back game i mean yeah. you literally are just sitting there fishing there's no time limit or whatever and you're just trying to get complete your quests by catching x number of fish or whatever so, so this one has your attention too tim huh yeah I, I I like that dynamic in Animal Crossing. I like the, yeah. the fishing in Animal Crossing. So this very much looks like an extension of that. Just sort of like based a whole game around it. You know, you know, fishing. That's, that's not fishing. a bad thing. That's not a bad I, thing. I love fishing games. And it's looks got good. it's got like a I would say like a Game Boy Advanced um, aesthetic mm. as Graphi- far as like the pixels. Yeah, yeah, the, the it is pixelated. Yeah. Colors and the it pixels. And, yeah. yeah. Speaking of pixels. Oh, that sounded like a... I want you guys to tell me what's coming up with uh, GT7, because I haven't, I haven't been able to participate in this. Well, GT7 it, does have a lot more pixels than the last game. It does, a lot Very, more. very stylized pixels as well. Yeah. Although my <laughs> PlayStation 4 doesn't do as much as the PlayStation 5 version, but I'm happy with it. Yeah, meh. Um, so, Eric, you, you've got to the point in the game, though, where you can join us. I just unlocked it right before I went on vacation, or right after I got from vacation but i haven't just been on my ps4 to play so tell me about multiplayer how is that how is it tim it's not too bad but i keep getting beaten that's not true <laughs> it's been about 50 50 so tim and i have been able to join up and play twice which is pretty big yeah that's you know we made it happen so that's, we that's did. awesome 
What was your and favorite once, race? Once so was in the morning and once was at night, wasn't it? Or something like that? Or were they both morning? For me, can't remember. I think it was one of each, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We both did one of each. But yeah, well, so we did a lot of different stuff. The first thing we realized is we really had to make sure we had the exact same vehicle or very close to it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, because if you don't, I imagine one buddy's just going to take it away, right? Oh, yeah. And and also, I have an affinity for pressing big red buttons. <laughs> To exit out of the room. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did that three or four times, I think. <laughs> he got it all set up, and then all of a sudden he hits a button, and all of a sudden we, I got kicked out. He's like, oh, I just canceled everything. Yeah. Yeah. What was your favorite race we did so far, Tim? I think probably the mini race at Goodwood. Okay, okay. Because that, yeah, that was really, really close, that one. <laughs> it that was. was. We got a two that we both hopped in 2006. Mini Cooper, oh, they call them Mini Coopers now, but Mini Coopers. And yeah, I did the um, the Goodwood circuit in England. My favorite was last time we played, Eric, or uh, Tim, uh, we ended up on a dirt track with Ford F-150s, if I remember we correctly. Did. Yeah. <laughs> and they were sliding all over the place, and, uh, you know, you kind of had to fight. I think I had the advantage because the, uh, the forced feedback in my steering wheel really helps you kind of figure out where the edge of the limits are with the truck. Yeah, um, yeah, but, but that was no, a lot of fun. It, we've had we've had some good fun on that. We've been playing some good races. It's, it's been been a blast. We've tried some uh, nuts cars and we tried some basic cars as well, haven't we? And I've noticed every time I'm like, "Hey Tim, do you have this car?" He's like, "Yes, I do." I'm like, "Great, you haven't modified it, have you?" He's like, "Uh, yeah, maybe." <laughs> every one of his cars is souped up. I'm like, ah, but we found a few that were pretty even, so. Good times. Yeah. Gran yeah. Turismo. It's great Good fun. Stuff. Sounds like madness. Madness, you say? Sounds like madness. Tim? Speaking of madness. Yes. Um, I have been um, partaking with the Medusa, Scandabler. Okay. Uh, this is what I've kind of done my tea time with Tim all about. Um, so by now, uh, people will probably know who listen to the podcast regularly. And if listened to the previous episode, they know what it what it's all about. Um, but um, hang on, let me just show you what it is. Tim is walking away, grabbing something. Okay, show me that. Okay, so it's it's essentially it's a black box. Yes, with a bunch <laughs> um, of ports on it. And with stuff. a bunch yeah. of ports on it. Um, it's not very big, um, and it's got like a little uh, uh, LCD screen on it. Um, but this is a, a scan doubler, so it's in the similar sort of vein to like the Frame Meister or the OSSC Open Source Scan Converter. Um, the big differentiator with this particular one for me is that, um, with OSSC, which I bought primarily to use with the Sharp X68000, um, I got this one from Gary. I'm, I, this is just on loan at the moment, but I do have the option to buy this. Um, okay. Because they are quite hard to come by because they've not recently, they've only just recently just come out. Yeah. Um, so the reason why I got this one to test at the moment is that you can literally throw almost any console or anything like that at this through SCART yeah. with a composite or component video, a composite video. Um, so that's, I've, I've tested it with like Commodore 64. The N64 is actually usable through an LCD screen. Oh, whatever. Nice. Screen. Yeah. <laughs> um, so 
yeah, this this has just been a really good device. Now, the, the only downside, I guess, with this one is that it's only DVI output. Interesting. Um, which is, it's not too much of a problem. Um, you know, there are plenty of TVs and monitors and that sort of thing that have got DVI on them. Not to but mention, this, you there's can, tons of adapters. You can adapt that to exactly, anything, right? that's right. Yeah. yeah, you can get DV to VGA. Uh, VGA, DV, DVI to HDMI um, to anything, HDMI, all that yeah. sort of stuff. So yeah, so and the the good thing about this is it does sound on mixing sound out of that as well. Um, there's a VGA input um, and nice little cute screen on the front, as I said before, uh, on the top, um, and you've got some buttons on there which you can use to select the different modes. Um, the one thing that I haven't personally got working yet is the Sharp X68000, which is obviously the reason why I had the OSSC. Mm. Um, but Gary does have that one working with his one with a VGA cable. So I think if I've got to invest in a VGA cable for the Sharp, and then I can get that going. So, um, yeah, that it's, it's given me some good results. It probably may not be the best thing out there. I don't know whether it's quite on akin with um the retro tink in terms of the the absolute clarity and purity of it um but it just seems like a, a swiss army knife um for the want of a better word that you can just literally almost throw anything at it and it will just um get it to work and output a, a usable um picture on it cool i mean I'm, I'm looking forward to listening to your segment because i'm that that sounds very interesting. And of yeah, course, I have gone into a little bit more detail about it. <laughs> yeah, and of course, at this time, our listeners have heard it fifteen days yes, ago. That's right. Exactly. We have yep. not at this point. We have yep. not you know, heard time it travel yet. and such. Yeah, <laughs> time Man, travel. If I could so just confusing. pre-order Pixel Gaiden so I could hear. Exactly. <laughs> That was a bad segment. Uh, I'm trying. I'm going to roll with it, though. <laughs> okay, thank you. So we, as, as we've explained many times on the show, we don't pre-order stuff very much. And I, I didn't pre-order. This is more of like a pre-order mini down payment on something. It's something we've talked about before. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Um, and I'm, I've been doing my research on this, and there are a bunch of different uh, competitors to this thing. So, And I've been doing my research to pick which one I want to get. But the thing is, the Steam Deck. I put really? My, I put my $5 down to reserve. $5. It's $5. <laughs> so, right. so if I decide to go with a competitor, I don't have to worry about losing my $5. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm all in. I want to get the portable PC uh, experience going. So Didn't we just, in the last, uh, last month, we talked about the competitor to the Steam Deck, right? That, like, in, inexpensive... There's two. There's a Wanna bunch out now. Deck. There's a bunch. There's one by uh, Amber Nick has a new yeah. one called Win the Win Six Hundred. Um, there's another one called by like Anaway or something like that. That is, I mean, they're they're coming out fast and furious now. There's like three, two or three, and there's even one you can buy right now that is in stock. Yeah. So, you know, Steam. The problem with the Steam Deck is it's perpetually out of stock, um, and. I'm on the reserve list, so as soon as it's available, they said it should be in October. As soon as it's available, I'll, my five dollars gives me dibs on it, and I dibs. can uh, put that. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm so uh, right now. All the research I've been doing is pointing to the Steam Deck being the better one. Oh yeah, of course, because they have a customized chip that adds the GPU in in conjunction with the chip. 
it's a custom setup. The other ones are just kind of these kind of bolted on kind of, uh, well, what it comes down to is, I mean, in my opinion, anything you're going to use the steam deck for is going to be my, opinion, it would be steam. Yeah. It'd be the exactly. steam it made for the steam deck. So anything else is going to fail. I mean, at best they can be equal to the steam deck. Realistically, they're not going to be right. But this, like the win 600, you can run steam OS on it. You can, but the hardware of and every game and everything is going to be made to Steam Deck specs. Optimized to the Steam Deck. Which is why yeah. I want the Steam Deck. Yeah, and the know? Steam Deck, like, they, they they give you a little rating on there next to the game. Like, hey, yep. you know, this works well certified. with Steam Deck. Yeah, exactly. Like a Steam Deck certified. Oh, we've got a new beer. Let's so do that. Eric, I noticed that your beer, the last beer, 409, yeah, I don't hasn't, ch- hasn't moved since it hit about the halfway point. I don't want to get that. <laughs> well, this one, I don't know if you'll like this one anymore, Eric, but I wanted to have a local brewery on the show. Needy Brewing. This is 8.5. My goodness, you're trying to get me drunk. Now, for the for listeners, don't worry. Eric is not driving home tonight. No, I am <laughs> staying. I'm crashing here. We're having a sleepover. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sleepover. Those um, are some frosty mugs there. Ooh. We got some frosty mugs. Wow, that one really frosted up. Yeah. And this is from Needy Brewing Company here in, uh, well, Auburn. Yeah. Grass Valley, Auburn. And it is Tahoe Deep. Tahoe Deep. Because I'm about an hour from Tahoe here, too. Um, so knee deep from Auburn, Tahoe, the drink. This is an Imperial India Pale Ale, so you know you're in trouble. Yep. So we'll see if Eric can stomach this one or not. Who knows? I couldn't this do does, that other one. That other one was not just didn't taste good. That is just all foam. Look, I'm glad I'm not the only one. I felt like an idiot because nope. it's like it is 90 percent foam, 10 percent beer. We're gonna have to is sit it? on that and rate it later. Yep. That is a big head on that beer. <laughs> It let's, is. It is. So and let's move to the next thing while our beers settle down here. So, Cody. I'll be very quick about this one, and yeah. I have to laugh because I literally just played this like yeah. two weeks before talking about the next six good game segment. Okay. And somehow forgot that I had just played this. Uh, it is a game I've been looking at, and I heard it's really highly rated forever, and I couldn't understand why. I even played the first level, and I'm like, no. And I came back to it later, and it clicked finally. A game called Kiro Blaster. Yeah. It is a game about a frog. What? what? <laughs> we just covered that. It is a game about... It is a side-scrolling game, kind of tongue-in-cheek with how bad it kind of looks. Um, but it's a blast to play. It's just, you're a, it's a run-and-gun where you're a frog, and you got a blaster, and you blast the aliens and collect the coins. It's simple and straightforward. S- stupid over-the-top storyline. Um you can upgrade your blaster and certain other things. It's simple. It's dumb. I beat the basic game in a couple hours. I literally did it all in one night when I was up on, um, uh, actually up near Tahoe and Donner Lake, uh, and just kind of enjoyed it. And then you can play it on harder mode. I forget the name. They don't call it harder mode, but I think that's the game where, you know, where the game kind of changes a lot in that mode, but, um, you're a frog with a jetpack and a blaster, and you do side-scrolling and shooting, and highly rated, very fun. I enjoyed it. Involved a frog. Probably should have put it on Six Good Games Frog Edition. Yeah. But forgot about it somehow, literally days after I played it. It's a fun game. Have you played it? I mean, it, no, it looks like a fun game. I'm sorry. It looks yeah. like a fun game. Yeah. It's, I, I had a blast. It's There's not much it's to say f- about it. It's... I mean, the funny it's thing a is the ride in the bubble. What's bad about that? Yeah, <laughs> I mean the graphics, like like you're saying, they were joking about the graphics being bad, but they're so smooth. I mean, you can tell it's a modern game. Yeah, yeah. 
because I mean it, it's very smooth and everything seems to work pretty well. Yep, I think it's kind of the way they kind of demake demade the main character, isn't it? Made him look at not particularly like a frog but he's green in <laughs> color. Um, but the rest of the game is actually quite nice it's yeah. got that nice aesthetic to it but uh, yeah yeah it looks good cool that's it awesome uh we're just about through although eric you have some updates i think in front of me here yeah so i got this from retro rewind retro rewind.ca i ordered this from frank this is a uh plip box it's a plip yeah you talked about it last uh last month but here it is in the flesh yep there it is actually in the flesh it plugs into the back of your amiga and gives it external networking capabilities so you mm. plug in power into it and then you plug in an ethernet cable and install some software on your Amiga and suddenly it can go on the internet, which on the Amiga, there's a lot of fun stuff you can do on the internet. You can play games, you can do FTP, you can web browse. If your Amiga has the Jack, look at Samantha Fox. You can look at Samantha Fox if you're, if you want to. Um, but one of the killer apps I've been using with it so far is called imp. And that is infinity music player. And I'll mm -hmm. bring this back to gaming is that, a lot of mod files from games and SID files from games you can play through Imp, but it's a streaming service. So imagine a computer from, you know, 1984 or whatever, whatever the Amiga year came out, 1985, you can literally stream music to your Amiga from a server out in the world. And I just think that's SID really files. Cool. It'll play SID files? It will do SID files, yep. Imp 3, the new, newest version, which it's on version 3 right now. Um, there's a little checkbox, and you, it, when you first configure Imp, you can only play mod files, but then you go into it, and it's like, hey, you can also do all these other ones, and there's a bunch of other ones, ones I haven't even heard of, but one is SID files, one is XM files, and the other one is uh, something else I don't remember. But you can checkbox all of them, and they will stream and tell you information about all of them. So SID files and mod files hmm. are the two ones I, I mainly use. And I will just sit there doing my work and listen to mods and SIDs. And this app is amazing. You can do, you can favorite songs. You can add them to your playlists. You can, there's chat in there, like IRC chat kind of in there. So you can make your own private rooms. You can tell people what you're listening to. And then people can talk about what you're listening to. Um, there is even a high score table in there because there are games associated with Imp hmm. that you can download and then play through Imp and then you can post your high scores within this app. And I haven't done that part yet because I've mainly just been using the music part, but it's a really cool networking app that works well in conjunction with the Plitbox. Um, so, uh, but Infinity Music Player, if anyone has an Amiga, you should get that running. It's awesome. I I've been loving it. Very cool. Yeah. Nice. My last one is simple and quick. Okay. Um, we've talked about Xenocrisis, an amazing game from a company called Bitmap Bureau. Yeah. And I've been saying for a while, um, these guys have mentioned that at some point, rather than... Because they've made this game on the Genesis, they've released it on the Evercade, and they've released it on the Dreamcast. Yeah. And they released it on the Neo Geo and you can buy the big old cart for like 300 bucks, which is actually a deal for a Neo Geo game, considering. And I've always said, well, I've got the... Um, I, well, at the time I said I'm getting, but now I have the Neo SD solution for my Neo Geo, my home 
Neo Geo AES. I'm like, man, if they would just sell the ROM file, I would buy that in a heartbeat. And sure enough, they released the ROM file for sale, fifteen dollars. Fifteen bucks. Oh, I, I don't think I caught that from you earlier. I paid fifteen, 15 bucks. I put it on my um, Neo Geo uh, SD, and Eric, you and I just played a bunch of it. We played a lot of it. It was a blast. Yeah. So mm-hmm. love that they did that. Love that I can play it. Although I actually I was kind of tempted to pay three hundred dollars for the cartridge. But I wish a lot of these other companies who have come out with um, cartridge-based Neo Geo games and stopped printing them. Yeah. Let me buy the ROM. Let me buy the ROM. I want to play the actual game on the actual hardware. Um, I know uh, G-Rev is a German company, I believe. They made Fast Striker and um, a Gunlord, which is like a Turrican type of game. And there's a bunch of other games. Man, put this up for 20 buck ROMs. I'll buy them all day long. Sweet. So hopefully, hopefully more people will do that. But I understand... You know, someone could just buy it and then put it back on the internet for everyone to take for free. Yeah, I get it, but and we just I played it. it. We just played this during the break between uh, recording, and it was smooth. It was a smooth game, smooth as silk. Cheers! Cheers! Let's- Tahoe Deep from Knee Deep Brewing Company. Let's take a sip. This is probably uh, Knee Deep's one of their two most popular beers. They have this one that's really popular. A lot of stores around here, and then um, Breaking Bud. Dive and I see Breaking Bud all over the place. The weird little like hop guy on it. Yeah, this smells mm. fruity. Looks better than the last one. It looks like he's got a bit more about it. Definitely better than the other one. Yeah, I, I can't drink that. <laughs> I'm not finishing it. I, I, and I That's don't fine. leave. I usually don't, don't leave to. beers behind, but I don't like it. I don't want to. I don't want to do it again. Fallen soldiers. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to do it again. Are you going to lower is, your rating from four? Is it howling towards level? No, it's not that bad. But it's it's bad. It's yeah. not, it's not hard to drink, but it's not something I'm willing to just drink to drink. Yeah, I actually did finish mine, so I guess I forgot about it. It was cold enough for me to drink. Yeah. It's it's still warm in this room, so cold. It, it was is good. warm in here, yeah. No, this is good. I mean, the, this is better. I'm not going to say it's good, but it's better. It's very. It is hoppy. I mean, I, I'm not going to say it's it's good. It's. <sighs> what, what, what do, we, do you want to rate this real quick? Yeah, I mean, this is one of the more popular ones. Yeah. Um. Tahoe. So the area code up in Tahoe is five three zero. Five three zero. Okay. Five three zero. We are just going back for another sip, man. We don't take this lightly. We're going to rate this thing. <laughs> it's smooth going down. Uh, definitely has a hot profile though, like most IPAs. Um, the head is very long lasting. Definitely, definitely. Um, at a five three zero, I'm going to give this one a. 390. I'm going to give it a 390. I was going to say 410, so I think we're right in the same Yeah, I think ballpark. we're in the ballpark. Yeah. yeah. All right. Cool. Cool. So, Tim, what's what's you got the last thing on the agenda. Tell us about this. Yep. Just very, very quick on this. Um, there will be a package going out to uh, the wonderful 10 Mark Doug from 10 Minute Amiga Retrocast. Um, we're doing a swap on something, um, mm. and that will be coming up soon. Mystery. Nice. I like it. So that's it. That's it. I got a little message from him saying he was going to send us some beer, too. Ooh. Oh, nice. Yeah, so he's going to send me... I think I think he was going to send it to both of us because he wanted both of our addresses, so... Ooh. News to me, but hey. Yep. Appreciate it. Yeah. We'll see how that goes. Hopefully next month. 
Awesome. Until then, let's start with a battle of the systems. Battle of the systems. <laughs> This battle was unique. It was a unique battle. It was. It was. Try and mix it up a little bit. Um, as we said at the top of the show, it is an 8-bit handheld battle between two competing systems at the time, hence the battle. And originally we were talking about, um, well, we were talking about the Game Boy and the Game Gear. Mm-hmm. And I knew I wanted to play Revenge of the Gator on the Game Boy. So I heard a lot about that game. And then I wanted to pick a game on the Game Gear. So I, I saw Pinball Fantasies, which a lot of people have played. Obviously, it's huge on the Amiga. Yeah. And then it's been ported to other stuff. There's a version on the Game Gear. That's neat. Let's pick that. Thought about it later, after our last show. Found another game that was exclusive to the Game Gear. Knew nothing about it. What was it called? Win- Wizard Pinball. Wizard Pinball. And said, you know what, we've got to go with this exclusive versus exclusive, because that's the battle. And I think it was better better suited, because it was one table. You yeah. know, the pin- yes. the other one is multiple tables. Pinball so Fantasies is three tables. What are we really going to do? How are we going to compare that to one table on the Game Boy game? So I think it's a, I think it was a good a good audible that you called. Cause we, we, I think it was actually Pinball Dreams, wasn't it? Yeah. Pinball Dreams, thank you. Yeah. Which is, yeah, yeah one, in the, you know, one of the two versions of Pinball fantasies pinball dreams whatever yeah i don't know i don't remember which one came first probably dreams first dreams is first i don't know whether fantasies actually made it onto the game gear did it i think it was just dreams i don't think so yeah yeah uh tim which one do you want to start with um what do you let's go with wizard pinball wizard pinball on the game gear and i'm guessing you got the dry stats so go for it i've got some stuff <laughs> um so Wizard Pinball, or was going to be Pinball Wizard, but obviously for copyright reasons and that sort of stuff, they had to switch the title around. I have uh, never put that together until just now. Thank you. Yeah. I'm not kidding. That's ridiculous that I didn't think that. Really? I didn't. <laughs> Seriously, I was about to make a point about, like, I'm like, what does this have to do with wizards? I'm an idiot. <laughs> Doofus. <laughs> In fact, anyway. to- okay, go ahead. Yeah, so this was released uh, on the Sega Game Gear, as we've discussed. It was released by Domark Software in 1995. Um, This is a complete woof moment here. It was programmed by Tech London Limited. They are the dirt worst. Do you have any other games they've made? Are you familiar with them? Uh, There's there's lots. Mostly are are conversions, and mostly they stink. Um, Anyway, I digress. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Mostly, though. We don't know about Wizard Pinball yet. Not yet. Yeah, mm. not yet. This is a pinball game based on a fantasy theme featuring dragons, wizards, ghosts, and skeletons. The game opens up to a little chip tune with a picture of a knight holding a sword with a castle entrance in the background. And the screen scrolls over to the entrance to the castle. Pressing the start button gives you the option of one or two players. Uh, and that is done by handing over the console between turns. As far as I know, there's no link mode on this game. Um, essentially, it's pinball with a fantasy-themed table. Uh, it's got one main play field uh, with a ball trap down on the bottom right of the screen that seems to eat balls for a, for a pastime, um, and you've got to spell out the word dungeon. 
Um, there are several flippers placed around the main play field. And when you launch the ball from the plunger, it shoots up to the top. Um, and there is a word that you have to spell out by hitting the traps. And that's magic. Um, if you get your ball in between each of those letters and light them up, the word magic, you get multi-ball. Uh, there are traps and ramps to shoot um, to get into one of the two bonus levels. Uh, the graphics on this are quite good for the game gear. Uh, however, I think the, the the sound was a bit somewhat lacking for a pinball game. Uh, the sound uh, hitting off the targets and ramps is normally where you get kind of a feel for the table. Um, reviews on this game were mostly on the average side, uh, with Mean Machine Sega giving it an overall score of 60%, saying, good in spots, but this pinball jaunt lacks longevity and really should have been a lot better. What say you, Eric? Well, if we're going to just dive right into it, let's do it. we're going to dive. On, on paper, this game should be fantastic, right? Even looking, at, even looking at the gameplay, I just yeah. look at the visuals, it looks fantastic. Yeah, you know, one thing over the game of uh, uh, Game Boy game is it's in color, it's full color. The graphics are good, the graphics are decent. That, the graphics, I think, are very good, for, especially yep. for a game gear. Yep, and if the, uh, the the scrolling marquee across the top is very pinball-esque, right? I think they definitely took some license from Pinball Dreams, some artistic license. Yeah. But one um, thing I hate about that scrolling across the top is okay. that it interrupts the game. It does. You're right. It kind of pauses it. And yeah, it, that's not good. The physics in this game were off to me. Like the, mm -hmm. the physics of the ball rolling were off to me. I mean, I'm not a pinball expert by any means, but it did not feel like a regular pinball game should. Another thing for me is that the ball got stuck. The ball got stuck in places. Really? Yeah, right here. Right on the bottom thing, right in this little corner. Oh, yeah, yeah, between the flipper and, yeah, on the right side, between the flipper and the, the like, chute leading towards the flipper. It only happened to me twice. There's a little gap there. But yep. it got stuck there, and that was when I, I, I reached out to you guys, or it might have been just you, Cody, I don't remember, but I said, hey, is there a way to tilt, like, yep, nudge that. this? Yeah. Because yeah. I didn't, how, I couldn't get the ball out of there. No. So it got, I literally got the ball stuck in this game. That, that shouldn't happen. And I don't know how you fix it. I had to just restart the game. Um, but the, the physics on the ball just seemed very odd to me. I, I usually like flippers that are higher, like, like in other places, but there's, there's a lot of flippers. There's a lot of One, flippers. One, two, three, four, five, <laughs> six, flip seven fast. flippers. <laughs> seven flippers. Seven yeah. flippers. Yeah. Now here's what I'll say about the seven flippers. Okay. Um, I'm going to have to go back in time a little bit here in the conversation. I think the physics of the ball and the way the game works are... You're going to have to wait on this. Okay. They're actually pretty good. Okay. However, there's one thing. The, the whole point of pinball is the flipper. Yeah. When the ball hits at the top of the flipper, it's going to take off at a higher trajectory to the towards the right. Yeah. At the very tip of the flipper, um, and I say the right, okay, I'm, I'm talking about the, a flipper flipping up from on the right side of the, the field, right? Yeah, yeah. Facing the left on the right. When it goes off the tip, it's going to go at a hard, low angle to the left. Okay. When it flips towards higher up, it's going to be at a higher angle more towards the right. This is the basis of pinball. Yeah. In this game, the flippers don't have 
any bearing. You can't control where the ball's going to go. You have seven flipping flippers, pun intended. And none of them work right. <laughs> and I think it probably started with two or three, and they realized, man, the, the flippers, we, I can't get it to any of the spots on the table we designed. Let's just add a flipper. I'm pretty sure that's how the design went. Not, let's fix the physics and figure out how you can control the ball. Yeah. Let's just put another flipper. Well, yeah, but now I can't get over here. Uh, put one on that side. Put another flipper on that side. So it's definitely got the pinball dreams thing where it's like three tables tall. Yeah. And you scroll up and down. That's Everything in this game works well, but I can't control the flipping ball. Yeah, exactly. And it was beyond that's- frustrating. Yeah. It was it was just the the complete showstopper for me on this game is is the flipper physics it's, and and also that stupid ghost in the middle of the screen. What's yeah. that? <laughs> he will knock it like and, and you know when the ball hits him it goes flying in some other direction. So if you hit him it's it's unfortunate. Um, another thing about this is and again i'm not using my proper pinball terms i know that you you gave us a primer on that stuff in one of your segments cody (laughs) it's been a while which i was which i was i found very interesting but this drains a lot like the ball like it, it the the ball drains more than i've ever seen in any pinball game digital pinball game i've ever played it needs it does need a bump or something so that you can try to avoid that yes um I was going to say, so a lot of video pinball, um, you know, on, on our show, we've talked about Devil's Crush, which I think is probably the best yeah. digital pinball I think we've played, uh, which on the Turbo Graphics, great game. Um, what, so you hear about digital pinball and fantasy pinball, right? Yeah. How these tables could not exist in real life because there's things that move or things that tables do that you just can't do in real life. Right. And this mm. table, outside of the ghost, it's a very doable table. Yeah. For the most part. This is a, could be a real pinball table, albeit a very tall one. Um, but yeah, the ghost down the center, just there's a ghost that just kind of floats back and forth, kind of a, like a third of the way up from the bottom flippers. It's completely random, and when it hits the ghost, it doesn't bounce directly back from where the ghost is. It just kind of shoots it off in a random it direction. Shoots it, yeah, that's, that yeah. was my complaint. That's, that's the worst thing, isn't it? There's, yep. there's no predictability in it. That's one thing with pinball. If you play something enough, you've got that element of control and you never feel that with this game. It's just like a, it's, it's a, it's a randomizer. Mm-hmm. And there's, I don't mind the ghost itself. If it's random, that's one thing in the game that could be random, but every flipper is impossible to control. Therefore, you're literally, the whole game is just trying to keep the ball alive. Yeah. And there's no way to guide where it's trying to go. Yeah. Um, I never got multi-ball. I tried over and over and over again to get multi-ball. Couldn't do it. Um, I didn't either. Even though at the top, I'm just watching this replay that we're watching on, on the thing. You can shoot the ball. The ball can end up in those like dragons' mouths at the top. Mm-hmm. I've seen mm-hmm. it happen like once. But there was no way to like control it. They, it. You had to hit them dead on somehow. And I, by you, I don't mean you. I mean the table had to randomly hit them dead on. Um, I, I want to see what this table has to offer. I think there's some design behind it. It's just the the physics off the flippers specifically ruin it. It needs a remake, doesn't it, this game? And actually, you know, puts put the proper pinball physics into it. Um and it might might be a game, but Yeah. Yeah. I would love Did to see Did you actually um, get to any of the bonus levels? 
I tried over and over and over again. No, I got into yeah. one, but yeah. I, I got, honestly, for the life of me, can't remember much about it. But I, I did, did. I did get into both of them. Okay, um, because there's one with loads of skulls or whatever it is, and there was another one which was just weird as like a pattern matching thing or something. I, huh. I can't remember exactly what it was, but yeah, I mean, I, I did, I did, you know, give this a fair shake um i did you know put about an hour a couple of hours into it i put um, a couple hours into it i just couldn't yeah. get anywhere and i wanted yeah. to pull my hair out yeah it's, it's just the the flippers killed it for me this game it's, it's just yeah yep i'd even you know do catch the ball like on a real machine and try to mm-hmm. let it roll down wait till mm-hmm. it gets to the tip and flip it and it just go to the right I'm like wait no 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 that's not how a flipper works yeah <laughs> it's so yeah i just quickly had to give up and be, all right, i'm just flipping and hoping i mean i don't know what else to do yeah i did I mean, have to go on cody Sorry. i was just gonna say i did have to i think we probably all did but uh, maybe not eric about what um i just played it emulated on a pc oh this one uh i played it on my mister and i played it on the real game gear but the game here like the wii u oh did you there you go yeah yeah, my screen was so bad that I... On the I, real Game Gear? On the real Game Gear, I did switch to the Mr. And just so the real it. hardware didn't improve the experience? It did not improve oh, the experience okay. whatsoever. Oh, man. So I, I really hope the Game Boy game can do better. That's all I'm saying at this yeah. point. Yeah, but then, then this could totally lived up to my prophecy of as soon as I saw that it was done by tech, it was like, yeah, this is going to be a dog of a game. Now, just for the fun of it... <laughs> yeah. I did load up Pinball Dreams. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, it, it's better than this game. Yeah. It's better. It's better but, than this game, but it is a far cry from Pinball Dreams. Pinball Dreams. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. It did have three tables. Tables were better. You could control some things. Um, I actually feel like this game actually had better physics rat than ben- Pinball Dreams outside of the flippers. Um. Pinball Dreams. Yeah, anyways. We're not reading that, but anyways. Right. No. Anyways, you need flippers that work, so Pinball Dreams still wins. Gotcha. All right. Revenge of the Game. Oh, we have to get a uh, we have to do a rating. score. So so here's the thing. Uh, anybody who plays pinball knows that like the bottom four or five zeros are just zeros so that your score is in the millions. Yeah. They like these ridiculous scores for no reason. Um, in fact, the old pinballs, like the, the electromechanical ones, had fake zeros at the back that didn't spin because why would they spend money on, on numbers that can't be achieved? Right. So it would literally be like four spinners that spin and then two zeros just at the end. So you start at 100 points when you first score something. Um, so out of 8 million points. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm being serious. This guy right now is at uh, 84,000. That might be my score for this one. But out of 8 million points, what are we going to give this one? Tim, why don't you go first? Okay. Um, I'm going to go pretty simplistic with this one. Um, I'm going to go with 3 million. Hmm. I'm next. Sure. I will do 2.5 million. Man, these are these are specific scores. I don't know if you can hit those numbers. I'm gonna go with two million six hundred and forty-two thousand seven hundred points. Perfect. Those last two zeros are, are zeros. They can't move. So yeah. Um, it, this game is trash. Yeah. 
This game is no good. This game is trash. Hot garbage. <laughs> I never want to see that game again. Oh my gosh. This game, is, I was trying not to... I'm glad you started with the specs, Tim, because I was just going to be like, all right, so here's the specs on this game. Uh, this is a big piece of dog poop. Yeah. <laughs> that's who made it. That's what it plays like. That's what it's about. The end. Yeah. It's, it's that old adage, isn't it? We played it, so you don't have to. Oh, my gosh. Funny thing is when I first loaded it up and it was going through the, like, attract screen or whatever and showing you the table, and I was like, hey. It this, looks good. I was like, this is, yeah, this is, this might be good. This is looking really good. I like it. And the sound was okay. And I was like, okay. And then I tried to play it and I was like, this, this is, this is no fun. And I think that was that, what makes me even more mad is that the table looked like somebody thought it out. Mm-hmm. They got somebody who played pinball and put together a table with some interesting characteristics and things to shoot for and things to do. But then you can't shoot but for But then there's no reason. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like some like whoever actually made the physics didn't know what pinball was or like didn't understand the concept right. that it's not a game of chance. It's actually skill. Yeah. Anyways. I think what had happened with this game is that they put a fair bit of development into it um, and then they just needed to get it out and finished. And I think that's what happened with this game. Cause I, I read a little bit about it and it had been trailed for quite a bit in the magazines, you know, saying that this is going to be the best pinball game ever and all that sort of stuff. Um, and, uh, eventually they did finally get, get it released, but it, it, it just missed the mark completely. Yeah. It, it missed the dough mark. Hey, oh, this guy. Ding, 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 ding. Well done. <laughs> All right, game number two, Tim. Revenge of the oh, sorry, pinball. Revenge of the Gator. <laughs> That's right. When I tried to pull it up on my uh, ever EverDrive, every time I'm like, "Where is it? Where is yeah, it? Where is pinball?" Okay, so known in Japan as pinball sixty six. Hiki no Wani uh, Daikushin. <laughs> Nailed it. I Nailed think you it. got that one. Nailed yeah. Okay. Um, it was released in 1989. Get that. Six years before the abomination that is Wizard Pinball um, in Japan wow. and in 1990 in the rest of the world. Uh, this is developed by Howl Laboratory, which is. Oh, that explains the, a lot. Yeah, which is, um, we also did another HAL game last time, didn't we? We did uh, Super Smash Bros., which was HAL. Which was yeah. HAL, yeah. And, and then did, Kirby they, was they HAL. Kirby, yep, yep. HAL yeah. does good stuff. They're, they do. Yeah. Do some good stuff. So, are you sitting comfortably? I am. This is a pinball game themed around alligators or gators. The why not? Exactly. Why not? The title screen shows Pinball Revenge of the Gator, if you're in the European and American regions. Um, and as the title screen starts, there are some excellent upbeat chip music and three cute gator characters come dancing on the screen to I the music and then dance off again. I'm looking at five right now. It's oh, well, yeah. That information at the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> um there are two different play modes, one player, two player, uh, where you hand over the console. And if you have two Game Boys, a link cable and two copies of the game, you can play a special link mode match play game. 
Did either of you guys see that? Oh, in any we're going to do that when you come over, Tim. That's what we're going to do. Okay, cool. Yep. Um, <laughs> uh, you both start each other in split screen. Uh, the idea is to get the ball past the other players, flippers, hitting targets along the way to reduce the other player's score. So that's the, that's the, the head to head two player game. Uh, the game consists of many small tables rather than one big table. Tables can be moved into by hitting ramps, targets, or falling through the flippers, um, or the ball going out onto the side rails. So, uh, if you get to the very bottom of the screen and you, the ball falls between the flippers or goes out the side rails, obviously the ball drains. But on the other screens, if it goes through the flippers or out on the side rails, you just drop to the next screen. Uh, there are a few different screens starting at the bottom uh, with the plunger to hit the ball out into the main play field. Um, as you hit the ball, uh, the screen flips between the different tables and curls out into the main play field. In this play field, you have a slot machine that is activated by hitting the ball around the loop on the right hand side and it starts the slot machine going round. This affects your bonus in different ways. Uh, there are four main play fields and three bonus stages. To reach these, you have to hit different targets to unblock exit lanes or aim the ball f um, fast enough along a ramp to reach the next screen and push the door open to get through into the next screen. Uh, the graphics are excellent. Lots of cute looking gators, which also interact with the ball as you hit them. Like on the bottom table, uh, you have four gators on the left hand side of the screen that if you hit them, they squish their snout in. And when you hit all four, uh, your bonus increases. On the right hand side is a bigger gator with a ball trap next to it. If you land your ball in the trap, the gator smacks the ball with his tail, shooting the ball up into one of the three gator faces uh, in the middle of that screen. And then your ball bounces off the gator. And as long as you keep your left flipper up on the ball, uh, the ball will always head back up into the middle table. Giving away um, like tips and tricks and everything, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> uh, the ball physics are excellent. Uh, the flippers feel weighty and the bouncing and the dynamics are well ex executed. Revenge of the Gator was on the whole received very well in all magazines at the time with Mean Machine Sega, uh, sorry, just Mean Machines, giving it 90, uh, in 1991, a 91% saying hey. Revenge of the Gator is a brilliant pinball game. So brilliant, in fact, that I found myself tilting the Game Boy round to try and influence the movement of the ball. It's very addictive and finding all the secret bonuses takes some doing. If you're after an original and unusual Game Boy game with that will which will keep you occupied for weeks, well worth taking a look at. Cody, come on then, what do you think on this one? So initial impressions. Let's be honest, this game is not as pretty as the Game Gear game. That's I would say not as colorful, but not the colorful, graphics are good. Pretty. Um so I so in all due respect, you did a great job explaining everything, Tim. I might re explain some of the stuff in my words. Um you basically got Cody, five, use your words. I'm gonna use my words. You basically have five screens of pinball that you can access in different ways. Yeah. Um I mean you were very technical and direct about it, but I'm just gonna put in my words for that for the, that purpose, which is if you're on the bottom of the pinball table and you lose it between the flippers or in the outlanes, you die. In any of the other four screens, the ball just kind of falls down a table. 
Does that right. make sense? Or it falls down a screen. It does not scroll like um, Wizard Pinball. That's correct. Yeah, yeah you're right. It's like almost it's like single a flip screen. screen. Flip screen pinball. And to point out some of the cons right now, one of the things that frustrates me is if it goes kind of below or near the bottom of the flipper on uh, one screen in particular, your view will shoot down to the next level, even though you're not down there yet. That drove me nuts. Yeah. Um, but I would say this game is best experienced without reading a guide and kind of learning the table as you play it and realizing what happens, what things do. I had mm-hmm. a lot of fun doing that. Um, the higher up, basically, uh, you know, there, you got kind of level one, two, three, four, and five, basically. I'm not going to get into all the details, like, um, you know, in, without seeing it, it's not going to help you. But the higher up you go on the table, the more points you get for hitting anything. So you right. just want to be higher, more or less. Yep. But you definitely, I mean, the physics are great. The, the ball physics, the way they bounce off the flippers, it works. So you can, you're playing pinball, which I love. Yep. Um, there's a lot more there's definitely more of a fantasy table there's a lot of things flying around the table that are not realistic which is part of it and that's fine you could never make this in a real pinball table um, there's some bumpers you know pinball bumpers that don't look like bumpers to me but you eventually get used to that there are gators everywhere <laughs> um, you can get extra balls you get out there's always to get points but I guess the uh, the one main downside, and I'm not going to pretend I don't love this game, so let's just put that out there. I love this game. It's a great game. Very fun. The downside is once you get to the point where you're actually getting comfortable with it and learning where the shots are and where balls shoot out, how you can catch them with the flippers, you kind of get a, a flow for it. Uh, this falls into the same realm as when we talked about Devil Crush on Turbo Graphics. Which is, hey, I love this game. I'm having a great time. Let's go for some high scores. It becomes a battle of attrition. Yeah. You get to the point where you're like, how how long can I keep the ball in play? And almost an hour later, you're like, I need this ball to drain. I am yeah. tired. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's great until that point. Um, so even though we're not, this is not a battle between this game and Pinball Dreams, Pinball Dreams is a hard pinball game. Yeah. Where... If you can keep the ball alive for five minutes, that's amazing. Right. And the physics are great and everything is great. This is a game where there's no way for you to drain unless you make a mistake once you figure out all the angles and stuff. And that's that would be my one struggle with the game. Um, so I'll leave it at that. What do you think, uh, Tim? Or wait, no, Eric. Eric. I'm sorry. Eric. I, 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 I think I agree with you, although I wasn't... I oh, hello. Bunk. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't it's skilled enough to get to the point where I couldn't... I mean, I did play this for a long time, like where my sessions would take a long time. So I understand exactly what you're meaning. But but I, I didn't get to a point where I could keep the ball alive forever. Like, I guess I just didn't get that skilled at it, but I did enjoy it. This game's got a lot of neat little things. I mean, some of the bonus rooms are a lot like Breakout. Like they're like yeah. breakout esque. Yep. Um, breakout I, with flippers instead of a paddle. Breakout with flippers. I enjoy those very much. I thought that was really fun. It has a neat little uh, um, slot machine mechanic where when you get it up in that one little area, it mm-hmm. does a little slot machine. And I think if the slot machine goes through, I think you get an extra ball. Is that it? Or no, no, no. Those, that's right. You're right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. 
actually if you if you get, it's really a slot machine if you re- read the rules it can add to your bonus it can get you an extra ball or something to that effect but it can also destroy your bonus and get rid of all the multipliers oh wow so it's yeah. really something that it's like gambling yeah it's really something that a- after you get past the fir- the beginning of the game you really don't want to hit it right um getting into the bonus levels is tricky like if you just try to go up the ramp but if you're getting into the mouth of one of those, I don't know what they are, the little things that open their mouths, there's a way to get to the bo- some of the bonus rooms mm-hmm. by just popping it into the mouth. Yeah. Um, I, no, I, I have nothing really horrible to say about this game. I enjoyed it very, very much. I wish that when I had a Game Boy back in the day, I, I knew about this game. It's I had no idea game. about it. Yeah, I, I would have played this game to death. So, no, I'm, I, I love it. Do you know what? I can actually remember stocking this game in my shop. Really? Yeah. 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 Absolutely. I can Did it remember. Did sell well? And I, to be honest with you, I can't remember. I, I just remember that I remember having having it in stock, but I think it came in from one of my um, kind of like importers or budget suppliers or something like that for some reason, and it just kind of never really resonated with me because the box artwork is not the most um i don't know how can i put it inspiring uh, it doesn't really hint massively at pinball and all that sort of stuff yeah um, but I, I do remember i do remember seeing it but i never it's not one that i ever plugged in and and had a game on back in the day um and i wish i, I wish to heck i had done because this is too <laughs> <so> much fun <laughs> yeah it's interesting because i mean let's be honest as a marketing decision First of all, a pinball game I don't think would ever sell terribly well. Mm-hmm. Nonetheless, a pinball game called Revenge of the Gator, which I understand why they put pinball in the front of it, because otherwise yeah. no one would know what the heck it is. Mm-hmm. And did that hurt it or make it better? I don't know. Like, the whole gator thing is bizarre. Um, but, you know, the the final product is a great game. Uh, and I loved every minute of it, of it until, uh, to be honest, Tim... Until I think you you probably got to the same point I did when we were trying to do the high score contest, and I realized after like my fifth or sixth try, when I was like, "Oh shoot!" Like I figured out all the angles, like I figured out the game, and at this point, you know, I once I broke like one point two million, I'm like I was just waiting for the ball to drain, and then you went in there, broke it, got to one point six million, and you even wrote on to me on on Twitter. Uh, if you, if any of you decide to beat this score, like it's yours. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like I'm done. I'm done. So I, I, I will say I did use save states for that one. Um, what? I, yeah, because I, I got so far in the game and I only had small amount of times to play it. So I, I use I use save states to just s- stop in the middle and uh, and take then, a break. Then take take a, break. a break and go back to it another day. <sighs> well, I'm glad to know I won. <laughs> my 1.5 1, 1.2 million was a, like a straight hour and 10 minute session so but you can you, you can know? You, even in the real game oh, without it. safe states you can hit pause i mean there is a pause that's true no i get it i'm not i'm just messing with it. i don't um yeah there we go there we go revenge of the gator i, th- I mean it's even with i've been saying a lot of complaints and kind of negatives but ultimately it's a top five game boy game for me and yeah, this is a, also the genesis of Kirby Pinball, isn't it? Is that? Oh, yeah, because Hal, yeah. right? Yeah. I yeah, haven't played is, that one yet. Yeah, this is... Um, well, apparently it's meant to be better. 
than this because this is what it was kind of like the engine was based on so it's got to be at least as good as this if not better so it's probably one i'm gonna i'm gonna power up and take a look at i can't remember was it kirby pinball or was it pokemon pinball that had the rumble pack built into the cartridge yeah what was that i thought that was pokemon i think you're right but yeah i do remember that that might be one I have to actually buy the actual the actual game so I can get the Rumble Pack thing. Yeah. Just to try it. All right. So out of what was our what was our rating score? Uh, eight million? Eight, eight million. million. Tim? Um I'm gonna give this a solid uh seven million two hundred and thirty six thousand. Yeah. That's high praise. I think I'm going to give it a 7.2 million. I'll just round it off, make it easy for you guys. I want to give it that score, but when it comes down to it, like would I play it right now this second? And the answer is no, because I don't have time, and I don't want to put that much time into it, and that's a negative to me. So I'm going to give it 6,874,500. There you go. But it still blows Wizard Pinball out of the wall. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's a great game, and if there was just a, a, a simple way, I'm sure it would just be a simple line of code to make the ball, this is going to sound weird, a little more random mm-hmm. so that mm-hmm. I w- it wasn't so predictable exactly where the ball would go after each outlane, then it would increase the difficulty just enough to make it so that the game wouldn't last an hour and ten minutes yeah. every play. But you can also see that they've put some proper intelligence into this because, oh, yeah. like you said, Eric, the ball did actually get stuck at one stage on this. But if you leave it for sort of like two or three seconds, I think it realizes and the ball suddenly starts to slowly creep down um, or across and then comes back. Yeah. Um, so I think they're obviously looking at it, reading the motion of the ball. And if it's, you know, stuck for more than like two, three seconds or something like that, they'll slowly creep it out. Now, I don't know if you guys have noticed this on a real pinball machine, but, you know, having owned ones and, and had to troubleshoot them and stuff, there's something called a ball search Yeah, on a real pinball mm-hmm. machine. So, um, yeah, so if the pinball machine doesn't have any of switches or any score happen for, like, depending on the machine, 10 seconds, 15 seconds, it'll take every solenoid on the entire play field and pop it to see if the ball got stuck, cause, but it, it wasn't triggered. Yeah. Just to be like, all right, the ball's not moving, so okay. yeah. move the yeah. ball. <laughs> yeah. Move the ball. So even real <laughs> pinball machines have that feature, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Nice. There we go. Battle so of the we Systems. Have we have a winner, and it's black and white and not as pretty. <laughs> but it sure is a good game. It is a good game. Gameplay overall. Um. I might need to buy a real copy. I don't know why I feel like I want to own a copy of this. Yeah, it would be a nice one to have. Just to have it. Yeah. Beautiful. Cool. Gentlemen. That's an episode. Of Pixel Guide In. That's right. Which means it's time for us to bid you adieu. And Tim, why does it look like it's still like midnight over there? It should be like bright daylight. It is. It's just yep. it's just been so bright that the sun has actually now sort of like gone over f- uh, slightly, so it looks a little bit darker because I've got no light on or anything like that. It so. looks very dark in there. It looks like it's midnight yeah. over there, like we're at the same yeah. time zone. 
Are you creeping? Are you in like my neighbor's house right now? I'm like <laughs> trying to live vicariously. No. <laughs> uh, thank you guys for joining us. Next month will be August. <laughs> That's all I have to say. It about is that. exactly. Uh, I think I think Eric and I lined up six good games with female leads. Is how we wanted to put it. Yeah, I think that'll be a good one. So six good games with female leads. And we will die, decide on a battle of the systems. Uh, will not be pinball. And probably won't be a bit. How will lab, laboratories games either? There you go. Because they only made for Nintendo. They were kind of like a second party. Yeah. Um, so that wouldn't work for battle of the systems in theory. I feel like we need to shake it up a bit. We've done a lot of console stuff recently. Exactly. Yep. Beautiful consoles. Beautiful, beautiful consoles. <laughs> All right. Um, listeners, thank you for listening. And remember, it's, it's dangerous, dangerous to go, go alone. alone. Thank you again for listening. You can find episode information and show notes online at pixelguiden.com. Please follow us on Twitter at pixel underscore guiden. And you can also follow Eric at the project. That's D U H project. You can also follow Cody on Twitter at oddball49. That's O-D-D-B-A-1149. You can reach Tim Drew as well on Twitter at Sanction. That's S-A-N-X-I-O-N. If you are interested in supporting the show financially, please join us at our Patreon account. That's patreon.com forward slash pixelguiden. Please leave a review to help get our podcast listed higher up on the show rankings. We would also love to hear from you with any comments or input. So hit us up on our email at podcast at pixelguiden.com. I'll get you next time, Pixel Guiden.